episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our first Twitch live episode of the season, Chris. And I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, I'm fairly excited that, I mean, we stuffed up a couple of times with the early introduction. No one else needs to know about that, right? We can just edit that out. <laughs> we do everything live. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, the marsh is is, uh, is rolling through. We're, we're off to the first marsh, uh, at the end of the first round, even though it was on a split weekend. A um, few things happened. There was an all-star game in the middle, and I'm, I'm excited. I love football. So. I'm very excited, I'm and I'm really excited for those that are joining us live on Twitch. So twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. I'm doing your role today, Chris. Yes, you are. Um, so for those that are there, check out the comment section because you do get a, uh, a live link code, which means that I'm not going to read it out because anyone that's listening to this tomorrow or tonight, um, unlucky, I, you're too be, late. It'll be gone by then. It'll be gone. <laughs> um, so speaking of socials, Chris, uh, facebook.com forward slash SC Insider yep. and Twitch, Chris. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. Um, obviously on all major podcast platforms and YouTube, which is smashing along. We're going, we're going all right yep. on the old YouTube now. And Twitter, so SC underscore Insider underscore. Um, so a couple of things of business to start with. We have hit about 20, uh, 27,000 listens so far this season, which is uh, phenomenal. Pretty awesome. Love that word, phenomenal. Yeah. Our, BT um, special. Our team by team podcasts uh, hit a really, really good note. Um, we're averaging about four times the amount of listens that we had this time last year on the same episodes, which is pretty awesome. So yes. shout out to you guys out there. That's um, That's been a lot of love. Uh, huge. And for the YouTubers as well, that's 5,000 uh, listens, which is uh, absolutely blown away. Yeah. So. That's pretty much it. We also have a quick little shout out for our top three uh, listeners as well. So we have Declan, Damage97, and Sniff Mo. Um, thank you very get much. The, the old Sniff, he's been with us for a long time. Sniff Mo. Yeah, mate. Well, you know, that Sniff tends to linger. <laughs> it does tend to linger. So uh, the, the, the linger. Um, <laughs> and shout out to the guys that are currently watching us on Twitch. Um, yes. Shout out to Seeker. Yeah, very professional start. Thank you very much. And uh, and Fozzie Lupone, get back into it, Foz. Yeah, the Foz, the boys. So um, we're pretty excited. Uh, this is what we love doing. So we're, we're happy to be back for a third season now. Our breakout year. It is our breakout so. year. And um, speaking of shouting out, I'd like to shout out two people. So Nick Volks and Shane Milroy. So I think Shane might be hamstring awareness. Um, ah, yes. Thank you very much for the sponsors, boys. Really appreciate it. Uh, even better is that Chris is deciding to be on a diet the week of my engagement party. I'm uh, unfortunately on the waters today, boys. So today, uh, if you haven't checked it out already, boys, it's Cooper's XPA. Okay, so Cooper's XPA. They are super delicious. They remind me of Bolter as far as flavor, except you get... 24 for about the same price as you would for 16 bolters. Bolter is quite overpriced, I'll be honest. It is overpriced, and these are just as delicious. So I'm going to enjoy a couple of these. They're one and a half standards, which means I can't have three, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that is unfortunate. And I actually went to the Stone and Woodbury uh, on the... When was it? Saturday just gone? <gasps> and it was glorious. Can I just have a, a Oh, mate, you are, you're it. missing out. Just sharing is caring. Oh, the beer? You want to taste? Mm. Okay. Um, okay, so... Mm, that is good. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Unlucky. And uh, heads off. Yep. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, we've been meaning to. I thought I'd wait for our first Twitch episode. We have posted it a couple of times. 
Supercoach Championship rings. Uh, so I'm going to give this a little close-up right here. Get in there. If I can get in there. Hang on. Okay, so Supercoach Championship yeah. ring. Let it readjust. You know what, Chris? I'm just going to put it on. I don't know why, because you didn't win anything last year, did you? Uh, I mean, you, Chris. So well, in, uh, in standard, but we're, we're, Supercoach you know, Championship our main ring. leagues are draft leagues. So. Uh, thank you very much. So you can go onto the website, supercoachchampionshipring.com. Uh, so supercoachchampion.com, should I say. They can sell the rings here. Great for sprucing up your draft leagues and that kind of thing. We'll be giving this one away. You're going to have to pry it off me for our Division 1 league, which Chris is going to start organising our division. Yes, divisions will come very, very soon. This week we'll be organising our divisions back. So uh, we're also going to be... Our, uh, our, we've gone instead of the uh, Supercoach mugs, we've gone with uh, beer um, subcoolers. And they look awesome. The design's been done. You Tell guys them. are going to love it. Tell them. I can't wait. Um, Tell them. No, nah, I want to show them. I want to no. show them. Telling them it's not, it's not the same. So I can't wait to produce them. We will be giving out quite a few this year because we've ordered uh, in bulk quantity because it's cheaper the more you get. Um, so it'll be pretty fun. Um, so stick around with us this year. You've got an opportunity to win some beer coolers and some merch and stuff like that. It'll be pretty fun. It's got our catchphrases on it. All right. Also, shout out to Jay. Yes, thanks back for the uh, season three. Um, Jay Corolla. Um and uh, yeah, the the bling bling rings. So um, bling bling. Let's get into it, guys. With with Marsh, um, I think the biggest takeaways to start with in terms of what we want to talk about is, um, before last so last year it sort of started and this year it's definitely continued with only the two games in Marsh. What we're seeing a lot more is coaches tend to be uh, a lot more vivid and realistic with the teams that they put on the roles that they're changing to. So yeah, two games, a lot more serious. With exactly it. right. They're trying to get the players playing in positions that they're going to be playing in the regular season as opposed to what they used to do is, oh, yeah, play a half a game here, play a half a game there, just go get a run around and see what happens. Especially when there was three games. They're like, oh, we'll play the kids for yeah. one, we'll introduce a couple of people for another, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, these guys look good, and then out the team they go. Yeah, and also um, the, the games seem to be a lot more competitive in terms of the physical nature. Of what I've noticed, I mean, they're just not holding back, eh? Like, you know, those kids are running half, uh, like, full full steam ahead. Yeah. Which is definitely another reason why I think that the All-Star game is a good thing. Um, obviously, you've got the best of the best playing against the best of the best. If they're just going to go play a Marsh game and get absolutely hammered by some 20-year-old kid, then they may as well be playing an All-Star game, They right? may as well. I actually really enjoyed that, that um, um, the, the All-Star game. Just the, well. the quality on offer. Just seeing all those guys out there together, I actually really enjoyed it. Probably didn't enjoy the um, the constant asking people after the game if they want to see it continue. What are they going to say? <laughs> yeah, what are the other nah. person to say no? Like, move on, BT, you flog. That ain't me. Um, no, nah, but I, what I do uh, like about the Marsh in general is that you obviously the roles that we saw in Marsh 1, what we're looking for in Marsh 2 is for those to continue and to see a trend and pattern emerge from the two games. Yep. So uh, very important to take your notes from Marsh 1, but do combine them with what's going to happen this week because it's going to be very, very important. Yeah, I actually didn't watch much of the weekend just gone after the All-Star game because of the fact that all the All-Stars weren't playing. <laughs> I didn't want to get sucked in by someone who had a good role for a week. I thought, no, I'm just going to look at the stats, read a few things, and then take that into this week. It's definitely something to consider in that... I do think that there were players that you need to be aware of that may not have that role this week because of the players that they missed. Yep. But there were some teams that didn't have many players in the All-Star game that you can pretty you much draw a line. Yep, okay, this is what's going to happen there. Yep. So, as, as my grandpa always says, don't be tricked by the three-legged pony. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure you'll explain it to me. Not really. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the Marsh series if their stars were out. Don't be tricked by the three-legged pony. Okay. Uh, you hop on it and it's wonky, mate. Ben's, do it. Ben's puns. I mean, he's starting on fire this year, so I really love that. 
Don't do it. Um, anyway, all right. So let's get into the first game. St Kilda versus Hawks. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway from that, Tim Membry started off with a 164, which was absolutely insane. But I wouldn't Hang on, be the saying... the thing to if, take from that, why the hell would you start with Membry? Uh, I, I would say the thing to take away from that would be... Don't pick Tim Membry. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember not to pick Membry. Absolutely. So obviously, um, the way keep you it in your score, keep it in your memory. Yeah, <laughs> you're on fire. <laughs> um, the way the key forward scores, they've got to have big games. And look, it is obviously a very big outlier for someone like Tim Membry to have that. But he dominated the entire game. Um, I wouldn't expect that every week. I wouldn't expect anywhere near that every week. Um, Saints is still going to be floating 8 to 12, maybe 13th. Oh, yeah, look, that could be all right. Yeah, it's going to be all right. I mean, for Supercoach, it's yeah, it's here or there. It's, you know, they're going to win some games, they're going to lose a lot of games. So we'll see how that happens. I think they're, they're going for the team mentality. Do you know what I mean? Like, no stars, but they're going to play like a team. True. Um, so anyone you know is from the Saints... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have no stars. Uh, well, this it's is a decent, joke. but yeah. No, I quite like the Saints this year. Shout out to my cousin Brad, big Saints fan. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so look, I'll, let's roll off some names and say, and then you tell me whether they're relevant or non-relevant, okay? Sure. Jack Billings. Not relevant. Midfield, <laughs> midfield only, not relevant. Don't touch him. Roll Marshall. Uh, not relevant. Roll Marshall um, didn't play much ruck at all, was forward a lot. Kicked a couple goals late to his score, went boo, boo, boo. Yep. Uh, roll was horrible. Uh, as in good, but not, also, for, not for a ruck only. Marshall 2021, great pick. Let's also preface this by saying that uh, the Saints and Port also have now the round 11 buy. Yeah, what's as up with that? today, so they've so, added another buy into the mix. Uh, that makes, uh, it actually makes Dylan Robertson a little bit less... You're going to have to upgrade him before their buy now. Well, yeah, so if you thought that he was a keeper, now you've got to add into a account. So here's what, here's what happens, right? Comes to around 11, you've got Dylan Robertson, you've got Dan Houston or whatever, Houston. whoever you've got. You need to cover those guys with guys in the pine or trade around them, which you're not going to do. It's a waste of trades. So you're probably going to cover them with your pine. At best, you probably get maybe a 50, 60 point score from your bench. Yep. At best, which means you're probably losing anywhere between 30 to 60 points for that game. That means that the average of that player that you're looking at now needs to be adjusted mentally before you start the season by between three to five points per game depending on right. how much that I mean, the, the counter-argument is that he would then play three games, so he might make you the extra points, having Absolutely. a premium, because if you're going to have 17 and then he makes your 18, then all of a sudden you're getting that full value back. Agreed. Or and That's the only flip side. Or, or you bloody trade someone and get him in and get the full three values and, you, Absolutely. Don't, and you don't lose a game. In my opinion, the better option is if, you, if you're weighing up between two options that are going to score similar, go the other option, and then just trade that player in in yes. round 12 because you're going to have three trades. That's what I've done. So key this year would be to load up, on uh, like downgrade rookies early, and then, uh, so in the round 11 buy, downgrade rookies, get as much cash as you can, try and get the three premiums for round 12 because those three premiums are going to now play the entire 12, 13, 14. Yeah. So No, I'm super keen because normally, keep that, your first, eye on those normally that first buy, you can't really do much. Whereas now, you can actually use those trades you yeah, get to exactly. actually bring in people to the play. The first buy is always hazardous. This year, it's actually glorious. Yeah. So um, really, uh, and that really takes into consideration now back-ending your premiums. Because and if also you can brand. really load them up over three, you've got two rounds to load up premiums now. You know what it also does? What it does? It brings in like a Naismith to a Lysette trade. Oh, don't, don't tell everyone that. <laughs> Keep that on the DL. <laughs> if you're willing I'm to go balls out. Heavily looking at, uh, at uh, Naismith to Lysette in round Look, 12. Yeah, if you're willing to go all balls out without, um, without Gorn. Um, but yeah, so, interesting. So, all right, let's keep going through the Saints. Uh, relevant or not relevant, Luke Dunstan. 
<laughs> no, Dunstan, no, um, Jack Steele. Look, uh, look, the only ones that are slightly relevant. So I'm um, definitely draft relevant. Hunter Clark. Yep. Um, Steel unfortunately, is, Steel is relevant, but I don't see him breaking out to the 110 category. So, or even then, 115. He needs, yeah, again, so. draft relevant guy, but not really. Yes, correct. Hunter Clark. I, I still just haven't seen enough yet. I mean, he could come out this week and go 110. I he, like he looked fact, good though. He looked fantastic. He looked great. He took it on. He actually broke lines. He that's the best he's looked ever. And I regret giving him up in a keeper league now. And he mainly played still off the halfback flank. Yeah. So I that's the role he's going to play, which tells me that he could very much break out this year. And I'm not banking on it. His price is awkward. It's, yeah. Not yeah. for standard for me. But yeah, if you have a keeper league, maybe keep him before trading him out. Yeah. Like but. I did. I, I um I've got him this year in a single season draft just on the on the bench, and I'm looking forward to seeing him this year. Yeah, why did, an why did that happen, Chris? Were all your picks being taken by some weird coincidence? I hate you so much. <laughs> you 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 bottled your draft though. Your draft could have been awesome, and you just made some really simple errors late. That's okay. Late. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, all good. Um, Jade Gresham's one that I really liked. So he only scored the 59 super coach, but he was. Generally playing smack bang in the guts for the entire game. He was high in the CBAs. Um, he was only 59% time on ground. So I can definitely see him breaking out from that forward to a mid category. He actually came out in an interview and said, I want to be playing 80 20%, 80% mid time, 20% forward. Now that was him saying it, not the coach. So I'm not sure whether or not that's just common knowledge that everyone's like, yep, he's going to be playing midfield this season. Or if it's just wishful thinking from Jade Gresham. Either way, I'm very interested. But again, the problem with Gresham is the same problem that we're having with any St Kilda and Port player is that 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 three to five points per game really factors in choosing a Jade Gresham instead of, say, a Petraka. Correct. Well, for me, that rules him out. Um, And he's also 456k, so he's kind of awkwardly priced. You you can throw another 60k on that and probably get like an Isaac Heaney. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, there's not much price difference between that. Plus, he also suffers from Gresham syndrome. <laughs> he starts on fire, and then all of a sudden, he pulls out these stinker games to drag down his average. Am, like, I, am I wrong or am I no, right? You're right. I've had him draft so many times. All the talent in the world, it's like he's the most coordinated. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, I've got to be choosing my words yeah, yeah. correctly. Here's, here's, the, here's the other issue is that. Um, he's had that talent the entire time and yet never played midfield. And now they've got more midfielders this year, but now he's guaranteed the time? I don't I don't buy that. It's something fishy going on there. Now, the one um, rookie that we need to keep an eye on, obviously, is Max King. Um, unfortunately, exactly like I predicted in the last podcast we had, he only went 46 from 82% time on ground, and that's going to be his norm. I think he's, nor- he's going to probably average somewhere between 40 and 50 he may spike when he has a you know kicks four goals in a game you know and has an eighty or whatever, but he's going to be a slow burn F eight at best with really really good job security. So if there's a way around having Max King, I'm choosing that option. But he's always a good fallback if worst case scenario and there's no other rookies you know come the day before lockout, then Max King's got to be your F eight for sure. So uh, sketch dog, that was me. So you're welcome. Um, Anyway, so I do agree. And there's also another counter-argument to the King comment in that if you can get away with and you have six players in your forward line and he's obviously not one of your first six, he can then actually get you through all three buys. Yes, that's also true. And then upgrade him. So that's also the other consideration. He's not. He might not set the world alight, yep. um, but I expect him to kind of track along. So I'm hoping he might get a couple of... All he needs is two good games in a row, which could be risky at best any, anyway. Two good games in a row, he jumps 100k, you move him on. 
Otherwise, he kind of does the old Parker sort it's, of lingers around where... Yeah, it's not just, the worst rookie. Yeah. It's just, if there is better, then great. And it, That's all you can say. I think say. he's got pretty good security unless he starts to really start to fail and then they'll probably rest him to give him confidence, Fair which enough. is the only downside. Now, moving on to the Hawks, obviously the big one that everyone was watching was Tom Mitchell. Yes. Um, he His role was absolutely fantastic. I couldn't have asked for anything more. The one thing that's really holding us back right now is his time on ground. Yep. Um, he scored 89 from 61% time on ground, which is basically Tom Mitchell. Um, even if you extrapolate that out to 90%, though, that's actually more like 115, 116. What we saw when Tom Mitchell was at his best, when he averaged 129 points per game, he was playing 90% time on ground. Yep. That's so that's, still, so that's still 15 points under, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. Uh, but I still think the same thing that I thought at the start of the year, which was he might come out and average you 105 through the first five or six games, but then after that he's, he could just bang. Yeah, could they, they flip the switch on his time on ground and he goes 130s and he's yeah. 150. You probably want to give him a little bit of confidence, ease him in. I, he's he's sort of. You never know though. He, it looks to me like he just wants to play footy. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He's keen to get he out was there. And the, and the funny part was watching the marsh. It was like this roller coaster where he's getting his hands on the ball. You're like, geez, he looks he looks pretty good. A little rusty, but looks pretty good. Now, the only other thing I'll say as a caveat to that is, did you notice that Hawks generally didn't play that kick mark style of game in that in that particular game that they yep. they're generally known for, which could also impact his scoring. What I did notice was Mitchell only had two marks for the game, which he usually has, you know, six to eight marks. You know, just just from his spread. And the way that they chip the ball around through the midfield. So that could have an impact. Yep. I'm not sure. I, Just saying, first, early first quarter he looked pretty good. Second quarter didn't do too much. And you're like, oh, no, Mitchell, bad pick. Next minute comes out, gets nine disposals in the third. And you're like, oh, there he is. Yep. So now I, I still don't know where I sit. Well, in the first set of bounce, he had a tackle. Bang. Yep. Ball goes up again. Tackle. Bang. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's back. <laughs> it was in 30 seconds. Yeah, no, I'm keen to watch him again this weekend. Now, uh, relevant or not relevant, James Warple. Warple, not relevant. At all. I don't think even in draft. I think you can avoid him if you still have a draft. He's still, got, he's still got some midfield time, but he, he, was, he was behind. It was more when Mitchell, uh, so it was like Mitchell, uh, O'Meara, yeah. and Chad Wingard. When those three went in there, Warple was kind of subbing one of those out. Yep. So he was still getting some rotations, but he's not going to get anywhere near the same amount of ball as he did last year, which makes him not viable at all. I absolutely agree. And a lot of those like, your mid-tier midfielders for Hawthorne, they just definitely took a, t- took a step back, except for, as you already mentioned, Chad Wingard, who's another one that I want to talk about. Yes. He has 56, uh, 56 super coach in 51% time on ground in a what's looked to me like a complete change of role to midfield, like we have seen him in the past. Well, we did say originally in the Hawks podcast that he adds that dynamic that they need. They don't have that. But how long does it last? And can his body hold up? Okay, I think the how long, how can his body hold up? I think is probably the bigger issue. Preseason, I didn't hear a single thing about Wingard's body, which has to be a good sign. Ah. Same as Josh Kelly, you hadn't heard a single thing about his body. Next minute, he comes out and plays the All Stars match. Right? He's four hundred and twelve k. He is still he's on, super cheap. He is still on my watch radar. But the problem is, is that for me, he's been overtaken by people I think can go higher for around the same price. True. That being said, I am still watching him because I watched him more than most other people in this game. You have, yep. And because I, I was big on, no, I don't love him. I just think he's he's value. He's a, a good looking lad. I think he's value. And I think his role's there because people forget at Port Adelaide when he played midfield for the back half of the season, he did average a hundred. I think he averaged like one hundred and five, didn't he? Correct. It was it was over. It was over. Yeah. Right. So 
to me, it looked like he actually looked really smooth, but it looked like he was still playing like slow pace. Okay, he looked smooth and he could still run, and he he was running quite seamlessly. But it wasn't. It didn't look like he got out of second gear. For, to me, it looked like Chad was just going through the motions, which probably good because he doesn't want to ping another hammy. Pro- correct, and that's probably <laughs> also why he only played sort of fifty percent. So I'm watching him a little more. I am still intrigued because he has the last buy. He's undervalued, and that has a good role. I mean, you look at his center bounce attendances for this game. Um, where are we? He was definitely up there as far as it goes. So he was, with center bounce attendances, he was 18. So he was actually second uh, behind Tom Mitchell. Yes, that's true. In midfielders for Hawthorne. So that's huge. 18 center bounce attendances. Look, I don't hate the pick. And if anyone, if I saw a team through an RMT or anything like that, yeah, that people got up, I'd be like, yeah, look, like... I'm not against it. For my team, that thought about I it came a lot. Up, for the team I came up with at zero dollars left, I had Wingard in it, and people were sort of throwing up at it. Again, has the best buy. How dare you? And there's not many forwards with that buy no. apart from Lockie Whitfield and uh, Hugh Greenwood is the other one that um, we'll talk about shortly. Yes. Um, the other premium selection, or I say premium, when it's a mid-price selection that I am very much over, and I have him in my team currently, I have had for quite a while, is Mr. Jonathan Segler, who did his chances no harm in, in making my team. Touted preseason as being the number one ruck um, and I even have further information from other officials that say he's definitely going to be playing the number one ruck was part of the reason why he re-signed with them was that they said yep you'll be the number one ruck this season um, McAvoy went back behind the ball I would have loved to have seen the whole game because McAvoy pings a hammy and, or nicks a quad or whatever he did yep. it was a, no it was a cor- corky wasn't it yeah, yeah it was a hard, it was, had a cork in the first two minutes and went off. Everyone overreacted more than the coronavirus. <laughs> That's a big reaction. He's out! Oh my god, he's out! Oh, yeah. Segla! Oh, what's going on here? No, he's fine. Um, but he'll play, so um, it's still a little bit up in the air about how that uh, that is going to work. But he got 80 Supercoach um, from 61% time on ground, I think it is. Um, so I am looking at him as someone who potentially could be a forward keeper or potentially a... F7 slash R3 switch to cover any of the Ruckman that do go down during the season. Yeah, so, so there is a good comment here, though, as well, is uh, TL73. The only issue is how long do they follow up with this experiment with Segler? I mean, you look at big boy McAvoy, they might start him down back. Uh, it could be really simply Segler, do- Segler doesn't perform or maybe the back line doesn't function the way it should. Next minute, big boy's back in the Ruck. Segler's forward or out of the team, and there goes that. Absolutely, and there's always that risk, um, especially with Clarko. Uh Clarko is just that sort of guy that will change the magnets if it's not working, right? He's he's yeah. more inclined to if something's not working, you, you change it. Clarko is the kind of guy you would not like to see on Love Island. <laughs> it switches between just, this, this, <laughs> things look like they're going fine. Next week he just goes for the the new one that's looks nothing like his type. Um, which leads me to the next one who obviously played in the All Stars game but didn't play in this game was James Sisley. So um, looking to see what he'll add into the dynamic this this week. Jeez. Obviously Blake Hardwick has been injured so he played in this game but he's now injured and will be out for 10 to 12 weeks well I'm hoping he adds more to Hawthorne than he did to the Victorian side <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he looked horrible but um, I, I, I'm so torn on Sicily this year because everything says you know, they've gone out and they've recruited to make sure that they can loosen up Sicily but then I just get worried that Clarko is going to throw him forward anyway <laughs> And yeah. I mean, and you, you still have Gunston injured. You've, um, Tim O'Brien's listed as injured right now, but he'll probably play. He might even play this week, let alone. You know what the problem is? What's that? Uh, it's a combination between his 2018 score and him having the last buy. This is probably- that's what sucks you in. It's the good buy. It's- He's cheap I'm- enough, and he has that top six potential. I'm so torn on Sicily. I still don't know what to make of it. 
I think because of his ownership percentage, he's probably a safe pick regardless. Um, yeah. with, with, uh, with Blake Hardwick gone, he probably takes more kickouts. That's even that's an even better thing. That for was him. huge news, actually. He probably could definitely take kickouts that first month. Yep. Could spike. So I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, this week in March too. However, obviously the rookies that were important this round. Um, so you look at, uh, Gre- Gre- is it Greaves? I never even uh, heard of the guy until he played in this year. Greaves. So Damon Greaves got a 77 from 90% time on ground, which is a lot of time on ground. With Blake Hardwick not being there, that's probably the role that he's just going to slot straight into. So, yeah. How um, how long is the question? How long? Well, I, the, Hardwick's out for ten to twelve weeks. Oh, so sweet. There you go. Uh, Load so, up. I think you should probably put him in your team at this stage. One hundred twenty-three k rookie. Um, see how it goes. Um, the other one that I actually didn't mind the look of was Giath, um, who was who looked really really good. Unfortunately, he's too expensive. He's not really a rookie. I think he's priced between two hundred and two hundred fifty k now. Um, but he got 64 from 78% time on ground. How do you say his name, Chris? Giath, I'm hoping. Right. Um, Giath? I don't know. Something along those lines. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it on the on the rookie front for, uh, well, in terms of relevant rookies uh, for the Hawks in that game as well. So those are the ones you need to be watching out for. Yep, fair call. Now, let's get back to the... Uh, we've had a lot of Twitch interaction, that's guys. That's fine. So I've, been, I've been keeping up with a little bit of it, Chris. So we'll oh, you've been push, chatting on Yeah, there. Well, we'll push on a little bit. And I'll, okay. try, I'll try and interact them as we go. Some of them are questions we'll cut, catch up at the end, boys, in the Q&A section. That's fine. That's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on then to the Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne. And obviously, the straight away, the takeaway is how dominant was Bontempelli, which was... The answer is, is ridiculous, but... How bad would North Melbourne, especially their midfield? Well, here's the thing, though. Oh. Here's the thing. And this this actually pays favour to a lot of people. Number one, Bonzapelli went absolutely crazy. He did. His ownership spiked. Huge. Huge. Huge spike, right? It's crazy. And the reason is, is that he got zero attention, and he showed the competition what he will do to you if you give him zero attention. So not only is he now... City. Not only is he now... Higher in demand in Supercoach, but also every team's now looking at him, going, "We yeah, gotta lock that down." Yeah, we gotta we gotta clamp that. They, shit. they get a fresh reminder of how damaging Bontempelli is, so naturally they're gonna be going. I was impressed. I'm gonna take. I was impressed with his spread from the football, but what I wasn't impressed was there was no one following him. He was literally just running around with no one on him, and I'm just like, "Who's on Bont? He's at the back of a pack." Literally on his own for a handball received kick a goal in the last quarter. Well, as his as his, like, as his maturity has definitely enjoyed a good spread. But that's true. <laughs> but what I, like it's not like you can miss the guy. He's huge now. He's put on a lot of size. Yeah. Good size. No. Um I, yeah. I honestly think it's a it's a key reminder where he absolutely tore that game up. Yep. Dunkley and McRae just went and did their thing. So what's going to happen? Straight away, teams are going to go right to him. Again, Bontempelli is likely going to cock the DeBoer tag twice before the first buy, which yeah. means that it's yeah, it's dangerous. I flirted with having all three in my side just because I needed the extra cash um, from like a Crips down to Bont. And then I went, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Back to Crips you go. You know what they say, Chris? Three, um, three's a crowd. That's true. Uh, obviously, McRae did McRae things. Does... Uh, just silently went about his business, just racking up the pill like no one, no one else knows. Still hits a 124 and 78% game time. Okay, man. Um, Lockie Hunter did seagulling things, as you do. Josh Dunkley, 103. He did have 83% time on ground. 
And that's sort of like what I would expect in a game where you have another midfielder that went one out of five. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so I, I'm not. No, that, it's a preseason game. Bolton was just absolutely off tap because no one was paying him attention. So why would you? You just go about doing your role. You get your you get your minutes up and you, call it, you call it a day. Um, the CBAs were obviously very interesting for that game. Um, what they basically highlighted what we already know is it's going to be one, two, three. Uh, Bont, Dunkley, McRae, 24-22-21. Yep. And then after that, Lipinski got nine and Smith got eight, which pretty much rounds out that's, what we So it doesn't we look thought, like any change? That's what we thought about uh, Lipinski. But the key note is, is that um, Libertore might come back in and take Lipinski's or Smith's rotations. Absolutely. That's um, what I expect. I do expect that as well, but Lib is out for four to five weeks. Yep. So he won't be playing early in the season anyway. So. And then he'll have to work his way back into that role. 100%. How good's Bailey Smith's mullet? Oh, dude, that is epic. That is, so that is really solid. Like, if, if I had if I had his kind of confidence, I could probably kind of do something like that. I just don't have it. No, no, neither. Um, now, our, our juicy bet that we uh, we made for Caleb Daniel versus yes. James Sicily. It's, it's looking like it it's going to be on fire this year, right? I, I it's going to be real I close. I forgot all about that one. I was trying to work out what our other bet was. Uh, yes. uh, can you fill him in on the first one, Chris? So we have three bets this year. Three? That, uh, yes, the one that you really, really uh, made a poor decision on. Yeah, this one. Dawson versus Mills for the highest average. I'm on Dawson. I'm on Mills. Mills. Unfortunately, I switched teams. I stole uh, Dawson in our draft league off, Chris. This is true. Uh, we also Good have uh, Caleb Daniel versus James Sicily. I'm on Daniel and he's on Sicily. Yes. And we have Josh Kelly versus Josh Dunkley for the last one. I'm on Dunkley. You're on Kelly. I'm on Kelly. We didn't put any money on that one, though, did we? No, we haven't said the terms. That, that one's for a draft pick right now. Okay. So the other two are... Uh, 50 apiece. 50, a pe- 50 yeah. pieces. Mind you, I have a really good track record. I think the only time... I think the only time I've actually... I haven't even given you money. No, no. But you actually... <laughs> no, 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 for the last no, draft no, day. No, I won one, you lost one. No, we didn't make that bet. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, these are insane. The only time we've had two bets running coincidentally, uh, you won one, I won one. That's true. I'm yet to give you money. So interestingly from this, so Daniel's still, Daniel still um, averaged 92, so he got 92 from this. Uh, from from 84% time on ground, but he didn't take many kick-ins. Do you have the kick-in stats there with you? Uh, wing rotations, dogs, kick-ins, kick-ins. nothing. So he, he so it was Cordy, uh, who, uh, Johannesson, and, and Crozier. Yep. And there was, but there was only three. So. Yeah, not much of a sample. However, this is the one thing that is working in my favour. JJ was tipped to be going back to the halfback flank line or preseason. Well, we that, said last that, year. That stars what game. are you doing in the forward line? What's we even that, said that, that in their podcast. What are they doing? Yeah. Uh, he is so damaging. He's going back into the halfback flank. And his run and dash and stuff through that All-Stars game as well tore them up. Yep. So that is something to be aware of. He is definitely a smoky for a top 6 to 10. Yep. Question is, is that how long will that last before he gets tagged? Absolutely. So we do need to keep an eye on that, but uh, we'll see how that progresses. Yep, fair call. Um, there's also, I mean, there's not really much in the bottom end of things there. Uh, in terms of Ben Kavari didn't play, we were hoping that he would get a game for from a rookie perspective. Yep. Also, Jordan in- Sweet was, was okay and serviceable, but we don't think that he will play, obviously, Tim English to come back into that side. Some inside people also said Kavara may not be such a good like lock-in options, so... No, no, yes, I don't think... unfortunately, that. we need to see something else. Um, I did like Crozier. Um, again, unfortunately, it's uh, a little bit too early to tell if he's de- a decent, but I don't mind him in a draft league. Uh, Shout-out to our friend Damien who picked him up today on the waiver wire. Uh, <laughs> um, um, I do love Bailey Smith in keeper leagues. He is going to be a Jet. He just plays for yeah. a team where they have really dominant ball-winning midfielders. Uh, so I look forward to seeing him uh, down the track as well. Yep, so the boys on Twitch are frothing over the bront. Uh, and although I also found out that swear words are censored on Twitch, gentlemen. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Not that we care. No, we I could think... probably get the gist of what you're saying. Yes. Um, on the North Melbourne side, I think the biggest thing right now is that they are in an injury. I wouldn't say crisis, but they have 12 players on in, in, in injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most in the competition, along with Essendon, except Essendon did have 15 off-season surgeries. So I yeah. think Essendon still are winning that for me, but North are definitely there. So it'll be interesting to see. There's a couple of uh, good selections there. Um, so what we did see was a, a two-pronged ruck attack with uh, Tristan Cherry and uh, Todd Goldstein. Yep. Um, I really liked Tristan Cherry as a rookie. Um, so we were originally looking at Combin as the ruck loophole at 117k because he's ruck forward. Cherry's also ruck forward for only 6k more, but he's probably more likely to get games. It looks that way now. So... Whether um, he plays in the real season, though, combination. Mm. I mean, you had 17 centre bounce attendances for Goldie and 11 um, for... Goldie's always played that? his cherry. best... Cherry, yeah. It's, yep. it's with an X, but it's Cherry. Um, Goldie's always played his uh, best football of, as a lone ruckman. It's a bit ironic because for my ex, I did Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> no? Too far? <laughs> that's, that's not... <laughs> okay. Um, so, Goldie... Uh, it's the strong... It's the, it's, it's the strong It's the SPAs, it's yes. It's the strong beers. Unfortunately. Um, so yeah, Goldie obviously he still play, he still played well, uh, still got a hundred super coach, but and only seventy two percent time on ground. While Cherry went ninety eight with seventy nine percent time on ground. So I, I like that dynamic. We'll see how that works moving forward. Um, you won't know until the announcement of the teams round one. I still think that he's probably a decent option to start, even if he doesn't start round one. He's also that good loophole option. Exactly right. Yep. So worst case that he's a he's a loophole. Um, Darcy Cameron, of course, which we'll get into later, is the other option there yes, in correct. that position. But potential, because they're both right forward, you can start both. One in the forward line, one in well, the Ideally, so you would want to start them if... Um, if they're at both le- playing. At least, or if they're both playing, because yep. chances are one of them will probably get dropped at some point. So Absolutely. Um, so what we did see is Ben Cunnington, he went to Bond. And as soon as the ball left the stoppage, he just was not interested in running out. No. He was not interested. He wasn't cunning. <laughs> he was definitely not cunning. He just had no interest in laying a tackle in spreading the spreading from the stoppage like I actually I not. actually think the end of last season scared Cunnington because he kept getting tagged, so he said, you know what, I'll just go to their best player and not give them any attention. You can't get tagged if you're tagging someone else. <laughs> this guy's like Yeah. This guy's he he knows it. He's he knows you'll go to the best player because he, he, he won't get tagged. Do not make a meme. Um, uh, one thing that I noticed from a role change perspective was Jai Simpkins seemed to be getting a lot of CBAs. However, obviously we've got a lot of people to come back into that midfield with the amount of injuries that they have. So it may be short-lived, but he is definitely someone that you can see potentially breaking out at some point. They really shared the load though, Chris. So you had Cunnington at 20, obviously a clear standout. Then yep. you had Anderson, Ahurd, Simpkins. So 13, 12 and 10. Yep. Bonar, Thomas, Dumont all had nine apiece. So they really shared it around this game. Not too much to take out of it at this stage. So Boner's one that we need to... Sorry, Boner, Boner, Boner. I don't even Boner, know. Boner, Boner. Uh, he's someone we need to talk about. Obviously uh, had a light hamstring strain in a practice match after this game. Yeah. Um, so he came out of this game, played all right. Um, his, his movement when he doesn't have the football is the issue, I think. His spread from the contest yeah. is really bad. I think with that injury at the moment, Chris, he's really... Uh, he's bent over. Uh, they, 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 no, no. <laughs> no, no. He's hunched... Chris, how dare he be dirty? Okay, right? He's, he, he's tight, his hamstring, he's sore, so he's bent over. Right? He's, he's hunched. Yeah. Okay? So they're waiting for that to fix himself so he can be erect, Boner. <laughs> <laughs> I totally knew there was something there. That was good. That was a good one. Uh, 
<laughs> Thank you for making that long-winded. Yes. The good thing about Bono, Bono sorry, is that he does. He had high tackle numbers, so that bodes well if he gets centre attendances. But again, yep. we just don't know yet. Unfortunately, we probably won't get to see. I don't think he'll play the, this March. Me either. It's, I think it's unlikely. So, so that makes it really unknown. At 200k, can you take that I'm, risk? I'm not, not anymore. I'm, I'm not even touching it. So. Not anymore. I was considering him. I was like, man, am I going to have to pick this guy? And yeah. then now I don't. So. Um, so outside of that, I mean, what we did see was Jack Marnie um, basically say that he's not ready for AFL level super, um, level football yet. Um, I didn't think, think I saw anything out of that. Um, there was just quite a lot of nothingness outside of that from the North Melbourne team. But that was the, it was basically the Western Bull. It was the Bond show anyway. So if you're watching North Melbourne, you're probably watching the wrong thing. Moving on. Uh, any other questions there on the uh, on the Twitch that we need to get to, my my sir? Oh, nothing at this stage. I'm just talking about uh, Cameron compared to Cherry, which is understandable. Excellent. Uh, wait for Hosey to play Marsh Two. Says the I am looking at hope for Hosey. Patriot. So shouts to you. Uh, apparently, Hosey is just has glue in his hands and a fantastic mark of the football. Um, so I am looking forward to seeing what he can do. But he'll need to really impress to get a a, a sight. In my Supercoach stand side. So we'll have a look at that. Yep, that's fair. And Fozzie says, Chris isn't touching Boner. <laughs> that's so, true. Yep, facts. Uh, now, uh, on to Melbourne versus Adelaide. So um, very, very strange game in that Melbourne just dominated from the outset. I think Adelaide, this is going to happen a lot with Adelaide this year. I don't think they're going to really be up to, up to speed. They're playing a lot of youth through the midfield. I think it's going to be a transition year for the Crows. I think, they'll be, them, I think they'll be real hit and miss. I think bottom four, bottom six. I, I think so as well and I think not because I think they still have some pretty good talent but I think when you're trying you, you've replaced a lot of players in your team yeah. I think they're going to be some weeks they're going to look great and they'll win and then other weeks they'll look absolutely deplorable and they'll get flogged absolutely that's what I'm expecting so I think they'll win some games but I think their percentage will be quite they'll sneak shaky. a few yeah. I de- they'll definitely sneak a few but yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're bottom four bottom six um, now in terms of uh, Melbourne side things we'll go through them first obviously the big thing out of that huge role change Christian Petraka finally said to have uh, played 86% time on ground all mid-minutes. Basically, didn't play forward the entire game. Really super impressed with his game. What I was more super impressed with was after the game, when multiple sources started coming to us saying he's definitely playing midfield. Not only that, it was our word from the horse's mouth is that what you saw is what I'm playing. Yes. So, so apparently he said... One of our fans. Thank you. Shout thank out to you. whoever that was. Yeah, we're not going to name them, but... Um, uh, apparently just ran into them and asked him direct face to face and he's like yeah 100% playing midfield yep so uh, yeah take, take that as you will uh, yeah he is locked not only that he actually for the first time he kind of passes the eye test for me as well oh. he, he looks ripped as F and aesthetically I'm looking at him going you know what he actually looks fit this year he looks really. He's always. I think he's always, he's always been, looked bold. He's, he's always he's, been a good midfielder. He's bold, but he's never been able to do it consistently for a long period of time. I reckon games. he's trimmed up. He's ripped up. It's like he looks like Walsh that's had five more years in the gym. True. Um, I didn't see a solution to their forward line that we definitely pronounced in the uh, in the podcast. However, obviously Mitch Brown helped Mitch substantially Brown helped. in the first half. Wiedemann also played Ruck. So he would also then be able to go forward. I need to see it in the second second half. Um, yep. Word is, um, Gorn might actually play the second Marsh game. Yes, he he's, he's listed as likely at the moment. He did a hit out with the team today. Yes. And by all reports, the sideline watchers said, yep, he'll be playing this week. Yep. So, we'll so hopefully it. you'll get to see that and the combinations of that. That would be um, good. Yeah. 
Oliver did all the things. He got 136 at the end. Again, no attention to him, but, you know, whatever. No. Um, but he played well for what I thought Oliver would be. That is a normal run-of-the-mill game for Oliver when they towel up a team. Yeah. 136. That's You should expect that when they're smashing the opposition. Yes, correct. So um, that's, that's a run-of-the-mill game for him. For me, the surprising thing was probably Viney. Um, Viney was in 21 centre bounce attendances. Mm-hmm. He actually looked good. He actually looks fit. Normally, Viney's kind of scraped together with some glue. Yep. Uh, not for me. I know a couple of people, uh, even uh, Sam from school, is sold on Viney. Do not do it. He is not averaging 115. He's held together by Clad. He has, he has put together some, some strips of averaging 120, but I, I cannot see. No. Nah. Anything. Body yeah. is too much of a liability for Does him. give him draft relevance, so you can get him quite late. Uh, he does have that potential to average you 105, I think. Absolutely. Now, guys that are not relevant anymore because of role changes. So, James Harms actually came out on the commentary of the um, practice match last week yep. and said he will be playing half-back flank specifically because... Petraka is going to be playing his midfield role. Which is what we wanted. Yep. We wanted some clarification that Harms... It's like, well, if Petraka's going in, what's Harms doing? If Harms yep. playing in, then I don't like his role. So Same with Nathan Jones. Um, he's definitely out of the midfield mix. Yes. He'll be in rotations, but he's not going to be a permanent midfielder anymore. Yeah, he wasn't so much inside anyway. I found he's he was on wing the wing. Half-back. Yeah. yeah, wing half-back. And even when he was wing, they were kind of doing this rotation kind of thing. And uh, I don't mind... Yeah, Jones for a draft option either. Absolutely. Another non-relevant player, Ed Langdon, of course, did. Um, he's just going to do that. Um, he only got 76 on the day, but his, his role's only going to be wing. He's never going to be playing inside. He hasn't had a role change, so therefore I just don't think that the club change is going to be enough to impact his scoring significantly. Um, Aaron Vanderberg was interesting, um, but I still am definitely not sold on him. I would need to see another game. Um, as we said, we need to see the role change to Sam Wiedemann. Um, Salem is the same old Salem. Yep. I don't think he's no, not going to be really top 610 material, but no uh, chance to break TL73 out. said, we're actually calling him Petrarca this year and not Petrapper. <laughs> the track. The, the track. He's in the track. He's not on track. He's on track. He's on track. Petrarca is on I track. We are not calling him Petrapper this year. So that, if anything, if we would rip... We would hang shit on anyone that we That's can true. if there was reason. Whereas the fact that we're actually I'm looking both for reasons right now, they're actually right. Yeah, right. But the fact that we're both on side of Petrarca at this point is probably a good indication that we actually quite like him as a pick. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'd hang on him and we'd call him Seagull. That's true. Now, avoid the following rookies. Um, Luke Jackson, I think, probably yeah. plays round one. Um, score. But yeah, didn't uh, Superco score a 22 in 59% game time is nowhere near enough. Hey, he could become 110k next year if he plays. <laughs> no, this year <laughs> if he plays, um, good downgrade. So he actually played some CB. He had some CBAs, not as a not as a rackman, but as no. an on baller. He played some wing, and then they threw him forward and, and everywhere. I think they're just trying him out to see where he fits. Uh, just avoid in general. Because uh, I pick it, again, avoid 150K for a guy that is going to get you 40 averages. Um, I just think avoid, avoid, avoid. His highlight reel is going to be fantastic and he's going to be a fantastic player. But avoid in Supercoach this year. He's going to burn you if you do that. Uh, interesting was Hibbert took six kickouts, Salem four. Uh, obviously no May at this point. So interesting though for Hibbert. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting that role probably could actually make him draft relevant. Definitely. If you're game enough, I'm still not game enough. Now, on the Adelaide side of things, uh, Brad Crouch. <laughs> I love Brad Crouch's DT to SC score. 119 DT, 99 SC. That is Brad Crouch in a nutshell. Completely wipe him off any of your 
standard relevancy um, and potentially draft, depending on where you pick him. I beg to differ. This is Brad Crouch in a nutshell. Oh, I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> How did I get in this guy's nutshell? nutshell. <laughs> Who makes a shell made of nut? Honestly. Who would throw a shoe? Um, uh, other ones, so Wayne Miller, I'm, or Malera, however you pronounce it. I am very, very, very interested in him. Last year, at the start of the year, came out and absolutely blew us away in his first four yeah. games, then got injured and then sucked for the rest of the year. Um, he's that, got the great buy. And he's got the good role in the back line he's by the of it. So. Yeah, he's got a really nice half-back flanking role where they want him to run with the ball. Yes. Um, will he average enough to be a top 6-10 to 10 defender? Ooh. Yeah. Does he, does he beat Laird this year? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. But the problem is, is that I've, I've, got, I've got Ryan and Sicily in my top 10, but they're kind of just outside of it according to last year's stats anyway. Yeah. So I think you're kind of better off risking on people that you think might actually get in there than going for a breakout in defense this year. This is true. Um, now, other ones that aren't really relevant. That, what about Paholke? Paholke. Yeah. Uh, what about him? 15 centre-bounce attendances. That yeah. was like equal most for Irrelevant. Adelaide. Irrelevant. Then it's no way that he's relevant during the season. Plus, Slo- did you did you notice that Sloan played lined up on a wing quite a bit? Yeah. Surely not. Sloan doesn't go on a wing during the regular season at all, ever. He's going to be playing in the guts 100% of the time. Plus, he only played... How much did um, Sloan play on not, the field? Not much. 49 super coach for 35% time on ground. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that he's going to be um, he's going to be playing in the centre there. Yeah, same here. Yeah. They definitely did not want him bruised at all. No way. Literally. Um, Patrick Wilson played all right, but probably too expensive with not enough of a score line to be able to pick that up. Bryce Gibbs sputtered up hard. <laughs> he so did. He was terrible. I was looking at him as in like, can oh, I be tempted I'm by the Gibbs? I'm going to start him on field in my draft. You know what the funny part was? They said, we're going to put Bryce Gibbs at the back line to use his elite footy skills. <laughs> <laughs> he turned the ball over that many times. Like, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to lose this game, but Bryce Gibbs, can you make sure of it? You know what the funny thing is? The coach finishes that game going, right. Opens up Back the, to the trailer. Opens up the dictionary and looks up the word elite. <laughs> Go, Yes, yeah, sir. I think, I think uh, we may have. We may have uh, yes, hello, yeah. yes, hello, champion data. <laughs> oh, that was actually quite hilarious. He was oh, terrible with the I, bare hand. I, no, that's harsh. To I was, me, that means uh, I would. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he cleans his bodies up, then can average, you say, 80, 85. But as a mid only, it's a complete dud of a pick in my opinion. Uh, it is. And I was actually hoping he would be good. I'm not even yeah. going to lie. I was like, please be tempted. So Chase Jones, um, he went okay, average seventy, uh, hit seventy four on sixty nine percent game time. I just don't think there's enough there at his price point to be selectable. Um, whether the street is, he might on the average, but uh, somewhere between fifteen and twenty possessions. Uh, I'm not looking for out lights out. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I just don't think this is his breakout year. I think he needs another year. <coughs> um, Crocker has been said to he's going to be playing. Probably Sandful, even though I thought he was very impressive. 59 super coach from 75% time on ground. Look, you can tell Adelaide's desperate. I mean, Ben Keyes had 10 centre-bounce attendances, so... <laughs> and he's not going to be playing them. There's no way he's playing for them. No. 10 centre-bounce atten- attendances for a 44 super coach, but having said that, in 45% time on ground. So, um, Laird obviously played uh, a little bit of game. He had 49 in 41% time on ground, which is um, Laird things. Uh, he had nine dispo- wait, 13 disposals in that time, which is pretty impressive. Um, now, the ones that we need to take a, a note of, Ned McHenry, if he actually does get a gig, will be interesting. Um, he did slightly injure himself in the practice match last week. 
Um, they said it's nothing serious and he should be right for round one if they play him. But he did get 37 super coach in just 42% time on ground. So someone to be aware of. And the other one that's not, uh, unfortunately, oh wait, don't take any notice of Shane McAdam. He played 67% time on ground for just 23 super coach. He's highlighted this two years in a row. It's fail. He's a low possession impact player, which means bad things for super coach, especially when he sits in a full pocket. Yep. Um, and even then, he might sneak up, kick a couple of goals, but unless the game is on the line, he will not score. No, exactly right. If it's a blowout win, then... Yeah, and then he enough. scores well for one week and makes you 35k and then goes back to being crap. Yeah. Now, the other one that hasn't played yet that I'm hoping gets a gig in this marsh is Fisher McCasey, who was their number six draft pick. Seems to be a... Uh, they want him as an intercepting role, so keep an eye on him, but he's very expensive for a rookie, 194k, and I... I don't know if I'm sold on that pick just yet, so we just definitely need to yep. see him first. Um, shout out to Seeker11, by the way. He said, Did I ask about Crocker? And then all of a sudden he goes, Oh, apparently not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you answered his question without him even having a look. And uh, Fozzie, boys. Uh, yeah, so this is probably my first hashtag blessed of the year. I'm going to hashtag bless Petrarca this year. Oh, you I am. He's in your team at the moment. He is. He's in my team. He, he, he is my uh, F3. Straight after Wingard and Dusty. Oh, he is my guy that I think... And the reason being is I think Wingard could average you 90, but I actually think with his role... You don't have his body, No, Whitfield and then I Dusty. I thought you said Wingard So Wingard, Dusty. no, oh. wing, I got rid of Wingard for Petrarca. He is my cheaper. Okay. He has the scope to average you 100. In my oh, opinion, okay. he is more likely to average you 95 than... Um, then Parrish, then... If he plays full-time midfield... Wingard, everyone else. I, I expect more. Yeah. I expect 105. If yeah. he plays full time, it's, it's definitely possible. But the problem is, is that he's going to be great for this year. Get on him this year because next year he's going to be midfielder only, and no one's going to touch him. Nah, well, we don't know yet. Is the answer because we've never seen it. So we don't. True. We have never seen him for twenty. So he, so could. he could do a McRae and go one away uh, to then one. Well, I'm thirty. Thinking he could do Dunkley, like uh, a Dunkley, Dunkley type scenario. This is this is the closest to Dunkley that we've seen without having the back end of last year to be able to compare it against, right? Okay. So Dunkley came out, what, what did he average the year before? Like 86 or something like that? Somewhere in mid-80s? 95. The year before? Really? No, no way. Last year? No, the year before, the year he broke out. What did you select him at? He was like I selected him at 95. Nah. 95 average. He was the same because he had the back end where he killed it. I'm, okay. I'm going to call you out on that. Nah, no, 95. Way. Because he averaged the same as um, McLean. And we all know how that went for McLean. <laughs> Here you go, Chris. I'm waiting for a formal apology. You can just let the people at home wait while you swallow your pride. I will. Hey? And I, I will. I, I am one to admit when I'm wrong. It's just never... Okay. That, I'm going to say 94 plus, 100%. Okay. There you go. There's your 100%. I, you've just gone down one. <laughs> to give me some scope in case you got 94.7 or something I'll stupid. Give, I'd give you that anyway, just okay, in case thank you're you. wondering. Um, all right. Now, what's his name? Dunkley, 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 Dunkley. Jesus. Dunkley, Dunkley, Dunkley. Here you there go. You Chris, go. Chris is so stubborn, everyone. I am stubborn. That's what I do. I'm letting him wait because I know I'm right. <laughs> Yeah, and you are right. Ninety-five point one. Ninety-five point one. Well done. Well done. Yes. Well done. All right. So you think that there's never a... back but stats, my friend. I never true. judge. No, the that's stats. that's really good. I'm I'm so impressed that you got one thing right for this year. <laughs> he loses, and he could still be such an asshole. That's true. How, How does that work? Have you met me? Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now on to the next game: Gold Coast and Geelong. Um. So there was a lot of things to take out of Gold Coast. John didn't really turn up, first of all, with a team that was capable of competing, and then second of all, with just the way that they played the football game. And I'm not exactly sure if they're treated as more of a just get run the legs, or because a lot the large part of their midfield mix are injured and probably won't play until round one, or even 
further on. So I heard yesterday Mitch Duncan is unlikely for round one, but he may play round two or three. Josh Selwood, very unlikely. He probably Joel. won't. Joel Selwood, sorry, uh, won't play. Uh, I think he's out for another four or five weeks. So they're looking... Oh, no, they're trying to see. They're hoping he'll be on track for round one, but it's highly doubtful. You sure? It just came out today. I was okay. reading the article. They're, they're living in Wonderland, basically. Uh, don't take any weight to that, but I'll, 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 I'll believe it when I'll he's done. He hasn't done any preseason at all. Hasn't done it. No, like, he hasn't, hasn't even done running, has he? No, he's, he's been, been running, running yet. Okay. I believe. So maybe, um, I believe it when I see I him. I believe it when I see him. How many preseasons has he had? Does he really need another preseason? He doesn't. So last year he just came in and was touch and go for round one. So I like it. Um, one thing we did know straight off the bat, though, is that Quinton Narco looks to be the guy that they want to have all the CBAs go to um, from that Tim Kelly position. Um, now, this obviously was also missing Jack Stephen, who may have may have something to do with that role. Um, so we still need to see how that progresses going into the uh, season. Do you think Stephen plays this week? Yeah, I'm not taking much weight out of this because Atkins had 20 centre-bounce attendances and Dangerfield had seven. I think they played him forward basically the entire season. I think Dangerfield was pretty much just he. They knew he was going to be playing three games in the preseason. I assume he's going to play again this weekend. Yep. So they go okay. Well, we're just going to manage him a lot because he's playing the All Star game or for you know Victoria. And he looked alright, Matt. I mean, he looked a little bit off the pace, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to. His effort was there though. I mean, his diving hit in, so his effort was there. He looked pretty hungry for the ball. He still butchered it like normal. Yep. Um, so I don't want to take too much out of this just quite for uh, Geelong because they got flogged. They did. First of all, it wasn't their true style. I mean, you had Atkins, Narkel, Constable, Guthrie in that midfield mix. And of course, they're going to get beaten. Yeah, and they did get absolutely they smashed. Um, one thing that I wanted, one person that I uh, liked the look of was, if I can find, oh, no, we just uh, love that old fan footy refresh for no reason. Um, Fair call. So, uh, where was he? Where was he? Where was he? Uh, Bradley Close. Um, so, obviously, a very, very basement price rookie. He had 51 super coach for the day in 70% time on ground. He's 109k forward mid. Someone that I definitely want to see in March too. Not sure if he gets a role. However, he is a mature age recruit. He's not a first-year rookie by any stretch. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see if they do have a role for him in the starting 22 for round one. Um, just at his price, I would much rather have him than Max King at F8. Um, and, of course, that uh, that dual flexibility yeah, adds, yeah. adds just that little bit more that you can switch him around. So definitely someone that I'm looking at. Um, we did get a little bit of Cooper Stevens in there. Um, I really like him as a player, but unfortunately only 21 super coach and 64% time on ground, especially with his elevated price. He's 140K, I think 139K, um, so slightly elevated. I think just jumping in, Chris, was... The issue with close is that if Selwood and Duncan might not play, let alone the first one or two, yeah. you might get sucked in to him being round name one. Which is, but this is what I don't actually mind that because I'm de- probably not going to try and start a loophole this year. So having someone like close, if I'm starting all, if all my rookies are starting, I could push close to M11 and have him as my floating loophole. So I'm not exactly hating that this year. With yep. someone that cheap, so it's something to consider. Every team's different, and watch him in March two. No guarantee of his job security is low. Let's put let's put it that way. Let's be honest about it. He has low job security, but I mean, how many Geelong players get injured all the time? I mean, you got Nakai Cockatoo again went down with another hamstring last week. Yep, he's going to be missing the start of the season. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like that. Uh, I'm actually looking at going probably Grundy VC, and if he tears it up, I'm probably going to start with the loophole. If he doesn't, I don't care. I'm not going to start with the loophole. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, also, uh, so I th something that I love, um, obviously on the Gold Coast side of things, huge numbers. They did towel up the game. The biggest thing of my takeaway from this is the Gold Coast and the way that they move the football. Their ball movement has improved out of this world. And we have already said for multiple uh, podcasts, and especially on the Gold Coast pod, that the last couple of years, what they've really done is they've been um, contest heavy and just you know, keep the ball in close. Don't let, don't be exposed on the th on the spread because you can't match them one on one. This year, completely different. They were just spreading from the contest. They were moving the ball quickly. Huge role change to really key players and some new uh, personnel have made that viable. So you've got Hugh Greenwood over from Adelaide being that inside player. He basically yep. looks to be dominating that midfield. You got 109 super coach from 82% time on ground. Yep. He adds value. Um, you got Brandon Ellis, who played the majority of time on the wing. I really think that that is a fantastic addition to them. He's a great player on the spread, good user by foot. Um, so I like that addition. Um, Rao looked fantastic from I told start you. to finish. People are finally believing. I was like, I watched this guy in that scratch match, and I just said, He's going to score con differently. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, like he's butchering the ball. You might not get as much. But I'm like, contested possessions. You think of Cripps. You think of all these guys yep. that get the ball. They get contested ball. That gets you points. And then all you have to do is now link it up to the good users. You give it to a weller. Well, you give it to someone else. Something that I noticed was that sometimes he tries too much. Yeah. I think he tries for that handball that's the one that is the good. It's the best option, but, but it's the not, harder handball. But he's right? not quite nailing it yet. Yeah, but... Like, sometimes he did. Yeah. And, like, he's doing, like, handballs over his, over his shoulder to a running player in complete open space, you know? Like, that sort of stuff is elite in terms of game sense and decision-making. So, I actually really, really I love Round. Yeah. I've got no, no yeah. other better words to say about him. When you watch him, though, he's not looking like he's out of his element. No. So, for me, I'm like, cool. He gets contested ball. He's going to link it up. Yep. Supercoach dream. Still well. 81 DT for 100 Supercoach. Absolute dream of a player. 67% yeah. time on ground. If you need any other reason to pick him. Yeah. I was, like great. I told you, when I saw the Gold Coast versus Brisbane, I went there and I was like, okay, a couple of little flaws, but his role was good. He actually looked really good. And I wasn't big on him before yep. that because I was like hoping I could save some money. Watching him, I was like, geez, you got to get on this guy. you got to watch him. He has not left my side since. And now everyone's starting to be like, holy crap, like look at Ralgo. Absolutely. Um, one, that's, one that I'm not completely sold on yet had a really great game is Darcy McPherson. So I'm not really sure if he can manage to hold that midfield role, but I liked him playing in there. He looked fantastic. What a great get, though. He was a rookie for them. No one Bulldogs passed on McPherson. Yep, uh, and he played fantastically alongside who I thought was the player of the night, and I'm trying to keep this a little bit low-key, but it's going to be everywhere on our podcast. Um, Lockie Weller was absolutely dominant and we saw so with his CBAs uh, so if you want to pull out that CBA spreadsheet he actually had 75 super coach in just over half a game so let me pull up that little nut ah uh, yeah well I had 14 centre bounce attendances 75 super coach in 48% time on ground in a complete role change so last season we saw Lockie Weller play halfback flank and wing wing yep and he I've done some statistics on this so um, he played 17 games only, unfortunately. He did get injured for five games. Um, and it was in the middle of the season. So start of the season and end of the season, he came back very, very strong. Um, the three previous seasons, he played all, all 22 games all, every season. So 66 from 66 and then just had an injury last year. Um, out of the 17 games that he played, 13 of those 17, he got 20 disposals or more playing on a wing or halfback flank, which means obviously he's got the ability to wrap up, rack up the pill. Um, of those games as well, he had, I believe, you know, this is going off the top of my head now, 
um, eight tons and three nineties. You might need. We might need to double check those figures. Well, seeing so, that you just butchered the Dunkley average, then don't take any I'd weight. Probably need, I'd probably need. <laughs> I have these. I have yeah, these yeah. all. I research these all a couple. Yeah, of no, I, I rate him as well. Yes. Um, but he averaged eighty-eight for the season based on that. Now, if he moves inside, I can, and he's obviously a defender. I can definitely see him being part of that six to ten bracket. Yep. Has a good buy as well. Um, so a complete role change. I'm very heavily looking at him for March two to see. First of all, does he have the tank to run out? a full game of AFL football as an inside midfielder, not as a winger, as an inside yep. midfielder. And does his CBAs also reflect that? Because from from these stats, he only had one, he had the same amount as Hugh Greenwood? Correct. But in half a game. Yep. So it seems to me that the coach wants to play him as a, a centre-bounce attendance midfielder. Yeah, yeah, I think if you add... Helps their ball he also looked really good in the uh, the Victoria vs. All-Stars game as well. Uh, he And aesthetically, again, easy to he, watch. He very easy, is, on the very eyes. easy to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, what I will say is that last year they didn't have that midfield dynamic because they didn't play fast players uh, within right. in their midfield set. I think now that you actually have some, you know, well, even Real coming in, being able to get his hands on that ball, you add some d- dynamics in, good user... Is nimble enough to get through. He can then also link up to you know your Ellison people on the wing or get it a good delivery inside fifty. I also I think, think it's good news with players such as Hugh Greenwood, who is terrible on the spread. You're gonna need outlet runners. So yep. you're gonna need guys like Lockie Weller that you're gonna, he's gonna be able to dish the ball out to because he cannot go with you for ninety minutes uh, for for ninety no. percent game time. There's no and way. For those of you from last year as well, we did mention that he was actually scoring very consistently in that back line as well last year. This is true. Uh, he could have easily averaged you that ninety mark. He was really good. Uh, Super consistent with his scoring. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like him. He has actually I don't entered. Hate pick. Well, he's entered my team a couple times this year. Uh, he's currently in my team. Yeah, I'm looking for Marsh too to, to confirm it. But what's really pushing me on over the line with him is mainly the buy. So having that Last back buy. buy really really helps me in my defence because a lot of my other players are in the front end of the buy. So I want to have balance that with some back end yeah. players. I think the only counter argument to that is he is playing for the Gold Coast. That's also and that's also true. What I yep. do think is if so if they do manage to win more games this year, and I do think they do. I think they can crawl out of the bottom four this year. Now, I'm not sure how high they can get up to that bottom four, but I do think that they're a lot better team this year than they were last year. Their game style's changed. Their new additions and their recruits are better, and they've got some great draft picks that have come into that team to improve the overall squad. I think they're going to be decent this year, and um, it's going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. They're not going to be easy beats this year like they have been for the past few years. All right, let's move on. Moving on. Um, on the rookie side of things, uh, Connor Butterick is someone that you want to be also paying attention to. He had 74 in 85% time on ground, forward mid, 109K. I've got him right now on field, and I would love to see a 60 average out of Connor Butterick if he gets named round one, which I do think is likely. Quick question, Chris. Uh, Chris, would you go Greenwood or Wingard? Greenwood. Okay, there you go, folks. Um, why? Um, I think there's less chance of him getting injured. <laughs> That's probably it. Fair, and he is a proven. It's the body. Well, he's also a proven scorer for the time on ground. So if he gets the right role, he can then probably same as Wingard. He could probably actually score better though. Yeah, I mean the, the other thing is what can you do with the other fifty k? Because he is four sixty three off the top of my head. Um, it's a lot of money. It is. It's not. Um, if you can improve your team, maybe you go down. If you can improve elsewhere, I think we're just looking at average, mm. like our competitions. Oh, who who had averages him? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I do think that. Okay, so here's what I think. I think it's more likely that Greenwood averages higher, uh, like over a hundred. But if they both average under a hundred, I don't know. Like 
Wingard's got a ceiling, right? Yep. He's not going to average you more than 100 this year. No. There's no way. He'll be 100 flat if he does. But I can see Greenwood with the right role. He could potentially average 105. Right. So I think that he's got a slightly higher ceiling if he if he plays midfield the whole year. Okay. Keep an eye on Marsh too. All, All right. right. Let's. Uh, I think we're going to have to start kind of pushing these through a little bit, Chris. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we've got other rookies. Jeremy Sharp um, basically said no. Uh, 43 GT, 16... Um, yeah, we've already gone through Butterick. There you go. 16 SC, unfortunately, in 40% game time. Uh, so not interested there. Uh, and outside of that, Jez McClendon is also slightly disappointing, slash really disappointing. 36 super coach in 86% time on ground. So again, need another day from him. Also, on. Anderson as well, 59 super coach, uh, one yes. goal, 77% time on ground, which is what we did say. Um, you get the good guys coming back into that wing sort of role. For me, scoring that sort of 59, that's 77% time on ground. I think that's probably where he's at. I think he's a 60 to 65 averaging player. Yeah, but I don't think that's enough no. given his price. No. So again, that's I mean, another reassuring factor. 70 of, plus. Yeah, especially when you have Real for a couple K more who's killing it. Go for Can Real. you run both? I don't no. think so. Especially with, uh, no. we'll talk about him soon, but Tom Green emerging has really put a question mark on can you run another expensive rookie in that Tom spot. Green is a question mark. Anyway, moving on. Brisbane Lions versus Port Adelaide. Uh, the Lockie Neal show, I like to call it. Um, the Gee, he looked good <laughs> even in the All-Stars game yeah, as looks well. Yeah, he's not tagged. Yeah. But he's not tagged. It's like, yeah, where's the ball? I've got to run But even screen. then, when he gets tagged, he still scores well, just not as, as well. well. Yeah. Uh, so, again, what we saw from this is basically what we see from Bont in that when you don't tag him, he's going to go nuts. 47 disposals. Go spastic, so. 47 disposals and one goal. He also played 89% time on ground. He is what hitting He's hitting elite numbers. 89% time on ground. That is hitting that titch mark as far as time on ground. Can you is there a situation is is he one of the most important midfield players or can you see say Fife Cripps being better than him and therefore worth the not worth the extra coin? Because my issue is with those sort of players is that I see them playing 2021 games, but I don't see Lockie Neal dropping games this year. No. So I'm almost happy, even though he may average slightly less for total overall points, just to pay that 20, 30K extra to get that security with Lockie Neal. That's what I'm he looking at now. He plays games. I know. My problem is, is that I love him. I want to have him. He's not in my side right now. You know why? And that's, I don't think it's, there's a lot of high-end premiums. You know why? He has the first buy. Mm. And it hurts me. It does hurt. It's it's going to be difficult. But maybe now with Port, I could actually then supplement that. Oh, if I if I can't oh, if I can't this. if I can't play Lockie Neal, the only way Travis Boat becomes relevant this year, by the way. Yeah, if, yeah, right. <laughs> if I can't play Lockie Neal, if I can bring in another premium that round from the buy, then that could actually substitute me starting another premium on that line. I agree. It's um, definitely making things well, relevant. So, so you know, I'm looking at Lysette, Boak, and Houston in the defense. Maybe even DBJ if he does, even though we predict him not to break out. But let's say he does. DBJ might be relevant this year. Um, and then on the St. Gilda side of things, um, Gresham's obviously very interesting. Royal Marshall's very interesting. Um, and about four, three or four different midfielders, including Seb Ross, Dan Hanabry, if his body ever gets right, and who knows what's going to happen there. Um, and then the defenders, how is that set up? So there's quite a few relevant players there to keep an eye on during the season so that you can upgrade to them into round 12. You know who else was awesome and statistically amazing and is going to be the greatest player of all time? Who? Hugh McCluggage. Oh, he is good. I'm glad that you said who because Hugh McCluggage who was who? fantastic. 127 super coach uh, points. Uh, how many disposals do you have? 
Didn't even have that many, did he? Uh, yeah, 21, 21 disposals. Three goals, though. Oh, yeah. Oh my inflated, God. my friend. Inflated. That's not inflated. That guy, he kicks three goals in his sleep. Uh, he is a jet, and I will not get anything that you say otherwise. He's uh, amazing. Eight centre bounce attendances, 16 times starting he, from the wing. He is going to be a, a winger. winger. He's not going to be inside this year. I, they've got enough inside players that only to throw him into the mix. No. Even um, that, Cam, um, was it Cam Ellis Yolman coming in actually makes him definitely a winger. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And if, even though Mitch Robinson was playing large amounts of wing, I still think that he's probably ahead if they need to throw a midfielder in there. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, Robbo, 22 wing. Yeah, Barry, and a lot of their youth are inside midfielders too that they want to start playing. So guys like Eli Smith, guys like um, uh, Jared Berry's brother, Tom Berry, um, there's a lot of inside midfielders coming through their youth teams that could potentially play this year too. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Jared Berry uh, was actually below Cam Rayner on the inside centre bounce attendances. Only had three wing attendances. So I'm well, hoping, they had to give I'm Cam Rayner a preseason game just to show everyone how shit he actually is. Hey, speaking of funnily, <laughs> I actually gave up Cam Rayner for Tom Lynch from Richmond in the Keeper League. How the hell did you manage that? He wanted it. I was like, cool. Um, yeah, I'll he give up Rayner. Yeah. Tom Lynch Mate, for Rayner. I was like, That is cool. the easiest decision you've ever made in the Keeper League. Tom Lynch could go 100 this year? Sure, I'll take that. <laughs> That's so easy. Cam Rayner might be good in 10 years. Fair enough. Um, so it's 10 years time. It's 32 when he finally gets midfield time. <laughs> no, finally it comes good. I don't even know how old he is. Uh, so look, outside of that, um, Steph Martin, yeah, 138. I don't take too much from that. Obviously, uh, I don't think Lysette played in this game, did he? Um, well, Ladhams West yeah. off rocked. Um, anyway, so uh, Harris Andrews ninety eight was quite interesting. He did play ninety eight percent time on ground. Yeah, I expect um, that. But I do expect him to be that intercepting defender that we know and love. I definitely expect Harris Andrews to average ninety plus this year. That's my expectation. I love him in draft leagues. Yeah, not, not for standard. Not looking at him at all in standard. No. We saw some rookie attention. Brandon Starcevich, Um He did get forty from forty five percent time on ground. However, I don't think he plays round no, one. No, I was big on him. You know, I was big yeah. on him in the Lions uh, podcast, but I have faded quickly oh, on yeah. him. Um, not in my side. Hasn't been in the last. I, like, I month think and if half. Grant Birchall gets games, then he doesn't. But obviously we know Graham Birchall is about two games away from, from getting injured at any one point in time. Uh, we also saw uh, Eli Smith very briefly. He did get 18 supercoach from 33% time on ground, so not very much at all. Yeah, I was big on him also. Unfortunately, he is. Uh, I think he still plays, but whether he gets the right role in the right minutes, I think he might just have to be a team player to start with, unfortunately. Unfortunately, also, what I see at the Lions is they're finally at a team where they've got some experienced players in, in roles and they don't have to blood rookies every time that they play well, a football and game. Well, Eli's extended his contract to like 2022, so they're going to want to get some games into him. Yeah. That's the thing. They have actually locked him up as a longer-term prospect. Uh, they might. It's like the Hawthorne theory, though. Sometimes you have to bide your time. You have to pay for these players to this develop their craft in the, in the NEFL. Um, and unfortunately, it's the Neeful. Uh, on the Port Adelaide side, so Travis Boke uh, went straight back to doing Travis Boke things. Got 120 super coach in 67% game time. Woo! Absolutely towed up. No attention at all given to him. And I assume that he went head-to-head with Lockie Neal. So I think they won that battle. Um, Charlie Dixon, 98. I think that... Look, Charlie Dixon's the sort of player that he can hit you 100 in any given week, but he's not going to be standard relevant. He's definitely not draft relevant because he can take a contested grab, kick a goal. Not only that, Dixon's, both of his ankles and his feet are all kind of munted. 
Yeah, I mean, the amount of ankle issues that he's had, he's a big boy, he's heavy, he's leaping, he's jumping, he's landing heavy. His ankles are literally welded together. That's true. Trust me, I sent an email. <laughs> I love it. Now, two guys that I definitely want to highlight from this game from the Port Adelaide side of things. Obviously, we did speak about... Tell the people. Tell the people. I was building it up in my head. Building what? You sent an email. Houston. Oh, Houston. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that... No, I was building, I was waiting for oh. your punchline and you never delivered. Oh, that's pretty like much Like usual, all build up, no delivery. That's what I do. Um, so Dan Houston, obviously, he did get 96 super coach from 71% time on ground, which was fantastic. But 24 cent bounce attendances. Yep. But the... But the buy. Buy. Uh, so all of these guys are questionable, in my opinion. I was super impressed. And I think every time I watch him, I get even more impressed with Connor Rosie. 108 super coach in 57% time on ground. The guy's a bloody jet. Yes. I think the emergence and how they drafted means he might get more bin minutes than I thought he would. Yeah, he eight, could be a very, very, very good pick this year. Eight centre bounce attendances. Uh, Ebert got nine, which is interesting as well for Ebert. Sam Pau Pepper got 12. But again, no Oli Wines as well, so it'll be interesting to see how that mix comes in. Well, I he's think. not playing the first four to five weeks, isn't he? Correct, so, but I think Oli Wines will probably affect your Sam Pau Peppers and your Eberts. Yep. I think Rosie still brings that dynamic, so I still expect him to get... Half a dozen at least centre bounce attendances throughout a game. The three guys that they've highlighted that they drafted last year said that they're going to get game time this year. Dylan Williams, uh, Mitch Georgiatis, and uh, what's the third one? Bergman, right? All forward mid types. Same as Connor Rosie, right? He's a forward mid type. But if they want to blood them, do you think they're going to come straight in the midfield? No. They're going to play forward and they're going to push a guy like Rosie into the midfield. Yep. I do see a potential where he could be a top 10 forward this year. There is a slight chance that that could happen. Well, you're hoping for the Bontempelli effect. Well, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of Clayton Oliver style second year. 96 um, and then what? Like He only got 70-something last year, didn't well, he? Bontempelli went, went pretty high pretty early as a forward and ended up averaging like 90-odd. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes some sort of splash. Now, unfortunately, again, that first buy pretty much rules him out for me, but... If he does well, you might upgrade him. Is that what you're going? One hundred percent. Why wouldn't you be looking at him around after that buy? Okay. I, I well, but at least a... at least with that point, you've you've got ten you've got games. Body of work. You've got ten games yeah. to sample. Right okay. now, what we've got is a guess, and we've got a best guess scenario. Okay. So I wouldn't be him. touching him to start the season, but okay. I'm definitely looking at him to upgrade to. That's fair. So keep an eye on ten, I... ten game sample on his new role. Yeah, for sure. I'm Absolutely. With that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's that. let's roll with that. I'm definitely um definitely okay. interested. Um, outside of that, I mean, it was pretty much uh, take it as you leave it. We've got so Mitch Georgiades did play this game. He got thirty-five super coach from forty-nine percent time on ground. So keep an eye on him in in um, yeah, in number game two, two. Definitely. I will say that I watched um, a little bit of the practice match uh, with Port Adelaide and Adelaide, their under twenty-threes, last week, and I was very impressed by Dylan Williams. He played fantastically. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and uh, has a good score this week. So definitely watch in March 2 for Dylan Williams also. I think he was fantastic. Um, moving on, West Coast and Essendon, where Essendon yeah, had a win. win. The wet game. Um, so the biggest thing that I started, we, we were on heavy on um, Devin Smith watch and Parrish watch, right? So yes. Big, big, big role changes for both of them. Oh, everyone we- threw up in the first half watching Devin. Oh, absolutely. And then all of a sudden, people that don't even watch the game become, oh, but look how well he scored. It's like, did you know who was off the ground when Devon started scoring well? There are justifications for both. Did you? Oh, jeez. Did you watch the game? Did I you watch the game? Did they flip the table? Flip the table. Did anyone watch this game? Uh, he was classic Devon Smith in the first half, in which he played every second half forward. 
every single second. Um, and then after halftime in the third quarter, he got mid. Uh, he, he went to the wing, and he got a couple of handball receives and some effective handballs. Um, and then the last quarter, he got some CBAs, and that was because uh, Merritt went off the ground, and Townsend, who started uh, the first CBA of the quarter, got injured like three minutes into the quarter. So the guys that they were looking to get into CBAs, they couldn't. So therefore, that Devin Smith got that role. What do I see from him? I do see him getting some. five to eight CBAs a game. Yep. Do you, is that enough to average a 95 this year? Not for me. Not and, and, even and I'm not even surprised because his knees have had that much work done to them. You don't want him bashing and crashing in that midfield because you're not going to get longevity out of his body through his career. It's you true. can't bash and crash. Even that five is like, you know, he'll go and play a bit of forward because he doesn't need to do the brutal stuff anymore. He's the polish. He they need take, Devin Smith to actually add value. He did, I think, have six tackles, Devin. Let's have a look at Devin. Um, yep, six tackles. Now, that was what he averaged last year when he only averaged, what did he, what did he average last year, like 70-something? Less. Um, he still averaged six tackles. So, I, yes, tackles are great. His the ball use was absolutely deplorable by foot. His hands were good. He had really good hands, and he was effective with disposal by hand. But his foot, his foot skills are terrible. I just can't rely on him. So, Not interested. So here's, here's how it is. He's out of my team. Dylan Shield, 22 centre bounce attendances. <laughs> Merritt, 21. Parrish, 17. McGrath, 15. Devin Smith, 9. Out of those 9, guess how many are in that last quarter when everyone was off? How many? 6. Excellent. Which means that for the first three quarters, Devin Smith had three centre bounce attendances and is not worthy of a selection in your side. I agree. And I'll also say that Hipple... That's the harsh truth. We still don't know what, how Hipple... And I had Devin Smith in my side before this, and it's not an overreaction. You look at his role, okay? Yes, he probably could score well, but now he is no longer. People have overtaken him, even though they're more expensive, to be keeper options, in my opinion, that are still cheaper than... Two things are working against Devin Smith, in my opinion, as well. So, first thing, there is a plethora... Of role change forwards, they're getting major mid-minutes so far that we can see. Yes. They're only like 100k more, so why wouldn't you just pay that extra 100k to get a more premium option? Secondly, with those plethora of guys that are going to be having mega mid-minutes, I think that we undershot top 6 to 10 forwards. We're, we're setting that limit we yeah. early at Beforehand, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beforehand, definitely. Now... now well, before I was like, winger, 90, he might get 95 and could be a top 6 to 10, whereas now I'm like, oh, geez, you need to go 95 to 100 to be I'm, a top I'm thinking, 6 to 10. Oh, absolutely. So low yeah. 90s for me does not cut anymore. No. I'm actually thinking that it's probably going to be 97 to 102. So now I start to think, does Devin Smith, does Jack Steven, do they average 95? Maybe not. So therefore, does, does Gresham average 95? No, I, don't, I can't They're not that. in my side anymore. So, so for me, I'm looking at the guys who have potential to average 100 or better now. And if I can see that potential, then I'm looking at them. So Devin, to me, is com- well out of that mix yep. of guys that are going to be averaging that amount. He I is- think that he probably can still average 85 to 90. So if you do want him as a stepping stone, that's one valid consideration. That's what I was about to go with. And the only reason I would start Devin Smith in my side is if I wanted to try and get Titch in ASAFP. AS. ASAFP. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, well, that's one out. reason why I was, I was actually contemplating starting Narkle. You can work out the F at, at um, M6, and just as a pure play him until you know for the first six seven rounds, and then bang straight up to Titch because you'll probably make a hundred hundred and ten k. Yeah, um, but then you'll that's have the only, a midfielder there that's already got. For me, that's the only viable reason. And if I did start Devin Smith, I would possibly start him in that midfield for that reason because I want five six rounds out of him. 
I don't think. I don't I think you, you might need a little bit more. Six to make or seven, the catch. Or eight, maybe we'll see. Something around that. You but something enough to go. Okay, okay, one down, one up. Hopefully to try and if see you, where you go. So that is one consideration in which he's cheap enough to be at value option that may get you enough cash. Two down, one up. So it's it's something to look forward to. Darcy Parish though was unbelievable. Yep. Even though his disposal efficiency was deplorable, oh. it was so bad. His disposal efficiency in the end was forty eight percent, but I reckon for the first half it would have been half of that. It would have been 26 percent. He it was really a wet numbers, wet game, but it was still yeah butchering. Um, he's uh, trying too much, um, but I, I love that his impact around the ground. He racked up the pill. He got, uh, I think, 29 disposals, only two marks and four tackles, but still managed to get 115 super coaching, 65% time on ground. My, my man, the only reason he's not in my team right now is because I don't have a spot available or the cash. It's the only reason right now. Yeah. And for me, Parrish was in my side as my... F4, but then it would meant that my defense was weaker. So do I want a Doherty or do I want a Parish? Well, They're around the same price. I'm thinking Weller versus Parish. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking the problem with that is where it leaves you with the rookies on field. Yes. So does that mean that you're paying I think there's better rookies forward than there are in defense. Well, unfortunately. Either, either way, it's it's how you split and structure your team, you know. So yeah. so how many rookies you're playing on field will determine the back or the front. It's still it's still here or there. But right now, the defenders look slightly better. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's a bit up in the air at the moment. Yeah. Well, midfielders definitely Midfield. all of a sudden look good. Yes. Um, Will Snelling, I think, is probably someone you can avoid. I don't know, don't know if he has that role in the um, in the normal super, in the normal season, but 119 super coach for 65% time on ground was impressive. Uh, and then guys like Ridley. So, Cale Hooker's out for the start of the season. Um, they do have... Uh, who has come back? Uh, perennial always injured um, you love him I'm selecting him every year in draft for some stupid reason tall set half back for Essendon calm down how do I not know oh, I don't even know I'm just sorry I'm just trying to catch up here uh, basically TL73 says as soon as football league possible um, definitely not oh, football okay. league so that was what I was going through um, what are you talking about um, Hurley no he Hurley back yes, line. Okay, yeah. right. so do you have Hurley but Hooker's unfortunately injured yeah Hooker apparently is playing defence this year not which, forwards which I think is good but also they need Joe Danaher back who doesn't seem to be playing until oh he keeps on being Danaher uh, I did like I didn't mind Jaden Laverde's game so I think that he's taken a step up he looks big he looks mean and uh, I like the fact he was hitting the logos kicked a couple of goals I didn't mind his play Yep. Um, Zerk Thatcher from a rookie perspective too expensive for me even though he did score 61 in 83% time on ground yeah my, that 190 price my point. biggest thing from Essendon as well Shield Merritt Parish, obviously high centre bets attendances uh, McGrath was 15 I see McGrath probably dropping off particularly uh, when Heppel comes back in uh, yep. I want to see that mix when Heppel comes in whether Parish is the one that comes in to replace them or whether yeah. he's the important one that's part of those three cogs I, I definitely think that um, that's the tester well Heppel could go behind the ball he could I, I don't know where Hempel sits with that. It looked to me like they want Parrish in there. What, it I, does. Did, what I did it see does. was Andy McGrath, who had a lot of CBAs as well. Yeah. From the two, who's better? Like, eye test. Parrish. Easily. Eye test uh, does for he me. Does mini guns? Eye test for me went Parrish is a better midfielder by far. However, Andy McGrath is better with the ball in hand, so... Take with, take I, that I think McGrath is still about another 12 months away from being something that's actually quite special. I did. Um, another rookie, so Irving Mosquito, had 26 in 30% game time. Was exciting when he was on the field. Don't know if he has the tank for AFL football just yet, but he was decent on there. 
Um, and I'll also say that uh, we had Tickle, um, who had 16 super coach in 36% of time on ground. Doesn't look to be anything near relevant at all. Yeah. Um, the coast. Bell Chambers apparently is right to go. Yeah. He's, he's listed as a test. So that means that Andrew Phillips will probably not play round one. So if you're looking at doing that cheaper option, I'd probably look elsewhere. It looks like Bell Chambers will line up. Okay. Fair cool. Interesting. Oh, good. Moving on um, to the absolute whitewash of a game that was GWS in uh, Sydney. What about West Coast, Chris? Oh, West Coast. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. Jeez, how disrespectful. You see this I guy? I never did that on purpose at all. No, no nothing to do with the uh, 2018 after all. I am all. still butthurt. Yes, you're right. Jesus. Um, I don't know. What do you say about them? Do they okay. have any super, super catch relevant players apart from Brandon? Okay, so let's touch on again. Nick Nat Nui, again, irrelevant. Uh, irrelevant simply because he looked good when he was out there, but again, that time on ground is the big issue for he, Nick he Nat looked, Nui. But again, his scoring was subpar. He only had 50, 58 and 51% time on ground. Yeah. He's not playing more than six. 65% time on ground. So that figure needs to be like 80. Yeah. Like 90 maybe. Okay. Like, yeah. No, no, no that's no, fair call. No, and no, no. Vardy had more center bounce attendances than Nick Nat. So keep an eye on that. I actually think Shuey was really good. Tim Kelly considered oh, a wet game. Oh, always good. Tim Kelly is playing that role where he has zero accountability uh, and actually looked pretty good with it. He butchered the ball, but a wet game. He actually looked clean under still foot. still had 27 disposals. Uh, again, it looked like he's been doing the Motlop offseason. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I told, I did say you go home, you'd be a bit complacent. He had a few, he had, he had a few, few cans over the um. Uh, look, over a, the a few donuts. Uh, he still looks pretty good, but he does look like he's, you know, he he's probably might have to work it off a little. Yep. Um, politely put. Um, yeah, pretty much after that, they're just all role players now. JJK, people are talking about being like, oh, JJK kicked ten goals from ten, uh, six goals from ten disposals. He's not gonna do that every week. Well, not only that, they put the rookie on him for defence. Nah, yeah. They not. had, they had a. We're talking right. So one of the notoriously amazing forwards that reads the ball well, kicks the ball well, doesn't need many disposals to butcher, like smash you in the game, with a rookie as a defender on him. And you know why? Because they wanted to see how he goes. Not and you know what would have happened? Jack in a Darling game? didn't play as well. You know what would have happened in a game? They would have switched him out and put Hurley or someone on JJK. But no, you know why they don't? Because it's bloody Marsh series. Do not pick JJK. He is up and down like a bloody yo-yo, more than Elliot yo-yo. Do not pick him. That's true. And uh, also Jack Darling didn't play. So yep. that's got to factor into He'll be back this week. He had a fractured cheekbone yep. um, that he suffered in training. He's flying apparently around the ground and by all reports, he's in the best shape he's ever been in. So yep. I would not choose that. Um, I also wouldn't choose Shannon Hearn for reasons stated in the previous podcast that we did with West Coast Eagles. Um, however, there were some rookie highlights. So we had Bailey Williams, who is now a defender ruck. He scored 70 super coach in 70% time on ground. Looked super, super impressive. Did look really good, but is he role dependent on McGovern coming back? Oh, yes or no? Room? Is there room? There's about eight reasons why you can't pick him. First okay. and foremost, good. there's Nathan Vardy and there's Tom, Tom Hickey. Yep. So he's not really in that ruck pecking order. However... Well, how many spuds can you put on a field, Chris? That's the uh, the question. Well, does does Vardy even play if they've got Jack Darling there? No. So then does Tom Hickey play because they don't really... Two number one rucks in the same game? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. So do they want someone that can chop out? Because one thing that I do know is Tom Hickey and Ethan Vardy aren't the best chop out ruckmen that there are. They're, main, they're, they're actually better number one ruckmen. I do concede that Vardy can play a little bit forward, but he's not the greatest forward of all time. In my opinion, I don't... I see a world where they might just go, yep, okay, let's go with uh, let's go with the 
uh, sorry, the Bailey Williams of it and have him as a chop out ruckman because, and you've got to remember, he's going to get more, if he does do that, he's going to get more ruck time than the average chop out ruckman. Yeah. So which means that his scoring could quite, could be enough, really yeah. good. Because he's more versatile than Spud Vardy, Spud Hickey. Absolutely. So I do see a world where round one he gets named and if okay. so... If he, if, he gets na- if he gets named and you actually look at that list going, yeah, right, it looks like he has a pretty good spot, yeah. then yeah, I'm, I'm for it. And you can start him in defense. Yeah. And you can swing him into the ruck. Like, you know, if, if let's say you're playing Cameron or Cherry and they, you, know, you need to downgrade them, downgrade a four rookie, move him from defense into there, move someone into defense. Yeah. Like that, that flexibility is actually really useful. So yeah, definitely watch and wait and see on that one. Uh, interestingly enough though, we were watching uh, Dom Sheed watch at 12 cent bounce attendances, but did get pushed outside eight times. So he started on the wing quite a bit. All of his disposal in the forward half. He cleaned up the second quarter, like going out of fashion. He's basically sat in the pocket and had no one on him and a half forward flank. Well, it's really um, a bit interesting there, Chris, because normally he's really good in fourth quarters. <laughs> so much funny with jokes. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, that's the joke that gives Brandon saying. Watch. Um, so, Jared Brander, uh, we highlighted on the West Coast pod as well. Uh, touted to play wing. He did play wing. Um, he got 46 super coach points from that in 72% time on ground. One to keep an eye on with that defender forward swing. I do want to see him in March too. I haven't seen enough to be like, yep, he's starting in my squad. Uh, but his role was there without being fantastic. Um, so keep an eye on him in the next one. What I did see is because he's so tall, He's okay at ground level, but he's not fantastic at ground level. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a permanent role for him, which is the unfortunate thing. So we will watch it in March too. Also, they've got obviously um, some Eagles coming back from the, the played in the All-Stars game as well. Yes, so. correct. And uh, uh, there was uh, some other rookies there that are pretty much non-existent. Um, Anthony Treaky, Francis Watson. Yeah, um, pretty much irrelevant. Hamish Brayshaw. Yeah, yeah, all of We did say um, West Coast did blood a lot last year, so I think they're pretty well set for the majority of their team. This is true. Yep. On to the... Uh, so back to the Giants and Sydney game, which was arguably the most boring game of football that I think I've ever sat through, but I watched the entire game. Were you on uh, Dawson watch? I wasn't. Well, Dawson looked fantastic, but I always knew he was going to be decent because they didn't have Mills or they didn't have Lloyd in that team. Correct. So again, one to watch. One to definitely watch. 125 in uh, 91% time on ground. He absolutely tore it up. Fantastic ball user. He only actually had 19 disposals for 25 Supercoach, which is just insane. He also intercepted the ball quite well. So he is, um, he had five marks, seven tackles, only five contested possessions. Right. Um, Chris, can I just quickly jump in and say it's nice to see Rampy average 36 or 50% time on ground? <laughs> well, he, and he was playing lockdown because there was no Mills. So I see him free yeah, up. Yeah, I know. As soon as Mills comes in and plays that lockdown, Look, I'm not happy. averages that 70, yeah. 75. I'm not happy about that, Chris. Okay. I can see you getting all cheery. Right? I'm not happy. Oh, I can't wait till he starts. Mills, did, Mills, up Mills did play a good lockdown, though, in that um, in the Vic versus All-Stars game, though. Oh, I, mean, I thought he played his role really well. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, something that may free him up, and I'm not saying it will. Will Gould was super impressive for the Swans. Um, 68 super coach uh, off 68% time on ground. He had only the yep. nine kicks, but he had four marks. Uh, zero handballs. Oh, sorry. No, I lie. Uh, one handball. Uh, so nine kicks, one handball, and four marks for 68 super coach is pretty good. He's a very, very contested player. Gets those loose balls. Absolutely cleaned up Matty DeBoer, which was nice to see. Some Good to get his own taste of his medicine. 
Um, I really liked his game, and I think that it should be in most people's Supercoach side right now, obviously watching Marsh 2, but I think he does play round one. I think they want to line him up. Yeah. He's also 100 kegs. He's a huge guy I, for I think age. it's huge. Uh, also, really interesting, though, we've already touched on Naismith, uh, 55% time on ground. What do you score, like 79 Supercoach or something, Chris? 79 Supercoach. Yep. He had, in 55% time on ground, he had 15 centre-bouts attendances. Uh, double that of Sinclair. So for me, that is a clear enough indication that Sinclair, um, we already said he popped both his shoulders out. He can't get his arms up there like he used to. He towed up Jacobs. Jacobs absolutely got smacked by Naismith. And Jacobs is no slasher Ruckman. So let's be honest. Jacobs is a very, very good hit out to advantage Ruckman. Yeah, it's and he work got around. absolutely towed by Naismith. Um, he's around the groundwork is what impressed me though. Yep. He was actually serviceable around the ground, Naismith, and uh, took a couple of intercept possessions. I am I, I, I'm boys, boisterous on him um, because I am looking at using the money that I save in a ruck two position to spread across my ground to limit the amount of rookies that I start. Okay, so if so, you're starting Naismith, though, are you definitely handcuffing Seglar in case you use Naismith he's, butchers? His body's not reliable, I and mean, we've seen that through his career. Okay, so you at any time that he goes down. But I would argue as well, Gorn has equally as bad yeah. history. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not definitely against that. I mean, Save the last at, two seasons. Well, you look at Nan Curvis, He went in there, and what was he? 300k, and he was a ruck forward. Yeah, different because obviously ruck forward, so they have that versatility. But again, it's viable. When you see someone become the number one ruck of a team, it is definitely possible for them to average 90 plus. I mean. I'll tell you why it's viable, but not only do you have Naismith, but you've also got Cherry, who's a potential um, player. You've got Darcy Cameron's potential. Bailey Williams is potential. And you've got Segler, who's a cheap enough option that you can pop him in your forward line as a backup cover. You've got potentially four people that you may even start round one with five potential Ruckman or four potential Ruckman to cover Naismith should he go down. So I don't think the injury risk is as prevalent because of that. I do concede that there is a huge points gap, but I what I'm saying to that is what he averages compared to what Gorn averages, if you can make up that up with the extra cash that you have, then there's no reason why well, you should you, start. You end up pay. getting about what four hundred and fifty thousand dollars more? Yeah. Indifference? Four hundred and fifty thousand? It's a lot. It, that's a premium. You, you could that's cover, a full premium. If you that's know, well, well if he averages ninety, then that four hundred and fifty thousand I like you keep saying thousands. That's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, I want that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm it's definitely. It's 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 an option. I have considered it. I am considering it. But again, I I don't know if I could. I just don't know if I could do it. All I, I really want, I want to, to do. It in. I want see, to if he averaged eighty five to sorry eighty to eighty five, that's a win for me. I think that's probably what I think he will average. I mean, obviously, his scoring on the weekend dictates that he potentially could go bigger. But there's games he's going to go 110, 120 because that's how Ruck score. And then there's games he's going to get towered up and he's going to go 50, 60. That's just the nature of the Ruck scoring in terms of if, you've got, if you're winning a battle, you go big. If you're yep. getting dominated, you go small. And that's just how it is. Um, but I'm interested in it enough that he hasn't left my side in about three weeks now. Yeah. Um, I do have an option with Gorn in, in my... Like, I've got three teams that I'm playing around with. And Gorn still pops in there, and he's still obviously relevant. Yeah, and the problem with me is that is I either have to start with Naismith or pass on him. Yeah, there's too much to have at your R three because that extra one hundred and twenty thousand could be the difference between what ten to fifteen points on ground yeah. a week. Now, what I what we did highlight slightly earlier was Naismith to Lysette for the back end of the season yes. could be a very shrewd trade. 
Um, now, the reason I say that is um, the way that Lysette's games work out with the Ruckman that he verses in the start of the year versus the end of the year. He verses all the hard Ruckman at the start of the year. And then, so I'm expecting his price to be reasonable enough that you can pick up. And then the back end of the year is basically Easy Street, where he had really high averages last year against those sides and against those specific Ruckman. So I can see a potential where he, in the back end of the year, could potentially match or only go slightly below Gorn when you've only needed to spend 550k on him. Yeah, and the which good is, thing is, which would be a good so Chris, hypothetical then, if you're going Naismith instead of Gorn and you're risking it for the biscuit, do you think you then have to have six deep premium midfielders? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I, I'm, I would want to at least. I, I, I like, I love that theory because you can afford to if you do do yep. that. Um, but are you all then trying to go Segler at like F four or something then to kind of handcuff that? I've actually got Segler at F five. Jesus. So I, I'm going because of the value in the forward line right now. I'm I'm loading up the forward line heavily. The one thing I will say on that though is that the, I was heavy on six premiums for a long time, right up until Tom Green showed his face and decided that he could be the breakout potential. And it's just so happens we're talking about him now. But Tom Green looked every bit the baby Patrick Cripps. Like Patrick Cripps, if he was well, he, a baby, he's only like twenty-four now, so five years ago, Patrick Cripps, <coughs> he looked amazing. He looks like Cripps in his second year. Remember the first year he came out and he was pretty average, didn't really know, didn't, didn't sort of like games, a bullet headlights, didn't really play many games, and then comes out the next year and just goes bang. Yeah, I'm Patrick Cripps. Who are you? Um, that's what I see in Tom Green. I see an abs, I, but I see him that next step above. I already see him in that second year, Cripps. Uh, I see a big potential for for him if he gets a role. And I say if because obviously we've got Taranto out for the first, um, I think it's eight to 12 weeks. They don't really know. The big issue with that is who p- replaces Taranto in the side. There's Haightley, there's Jai Corwell, there's Tom Green. And I think that any of those three can do that role. Whether Tom Green gets it is iffy. Also, his job security is not fantastic either. But one thing, and I told you this today, the one reason why I'm really excited about Tom Green is... Last year, I made the classic mistake of not choosing players because even though they were playing well, Stack, Stack, for example, Jack Ross, for example, guys that played well and averaged well, but I was like, nah, these guys are coming back. He's not going to make much money. He's going to be dropped. And then all of a sudden, he plays, what, how many games did Stack play? A lot. And absolutely killed him because he just was playing well, so made, well. made a lot of money. Well, they they made a role for him because he was playing so well. Then they moved him behind Four. the ball. And then he still... Well, yeah, no, he was defense. And then they're like, oh, you're doing well. Let's just put you forward. And then he starts kicking goals. And you're like, what the hell? Tom Green proved that he's a very valuable half forward as well. And he took some marks, kicked some goals. Could the same apply with Tom Green this year if he gets that role? Possibly. I think what's helping him is he did kick a couple goals. Uh, he did have 15 centre-bets attendances behind Hopper and Caldwell. But again, you're not having uh, Cornelio or Kelly in. He is definitely helped by the fact um, that Taranto did pop his shoulder. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and realistically, I'm thinking it could actually help him in a fact that, okay, well, you've got you got Toby Green who's killing it in forward. You could throw Toby Green forward, but he's still so damaging as a forward. If you have guys that can actually like you know, your Cordwells or your Haightleys or your Greens, throw them into that midfield mix. Absolutely. Uh, he is definitely an option. They rated him highly. Whether he will be a, a really good scorer... I'm not sure. He did well in this uh, game, but they smashed them. He's so. a contested unit. I have no doubt if he plays, he scores well. He had 76 DT for 106 Supercoach. Um, he had six kicks, 15 handballs, three marks, and three tackles with two goals. Yeah. The guy, could, the guy's going to be a scoring machine because uh, he pounced on loose balls like it's no tomorrow. 
Like the ball will be out. I'll be like, oh, who's that? Never seen him before. Oh, wait, it's Tom Green again. Did, did the he... guy was just popping out everywhere to, to chase down the loose ball. I heard he was really angry, Chris. <laughs> this Hulk thing because he's green. I'll see. Yeah, he was. Seeing, <laughs> he was seeing green, right? Okay, fair enough. How dare you ruin my joke? Sorry, man. Uh, now, just before we move on to all talk on the Giants, we'll finish Sydney. Um, so one thing we did see. So apart from Dawson, um, one that popped out as a rookie was Justin McInerney. Um, he had 80 super coach in 86% time on ground. I did love his um, love him on the day. He looked fantastic. Unfortunately, with um, he did play a little bit behind the ball, so I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him in round one. He is a midfielder only in super coach, um, but I do have him currently in my squad. Uh, if he does play round one, I'll probably lock him in. I think he's got uh, a lot of potential in that team. Um, Dylan Stevens, I put a big cross next to him at the start of the season. That just this game just basically proved that for me. Um, he had 38 super coach in 73% game time. Too expensive. Outside player. Looked a little bit like a deer in headlights a lot of the time. Even though he can use the ball well and he's, when he's got time and space, he's not going to have that at AFL level. And it has been proven, though. People that can win contested ball generally do start off better in super coach. Absolutely. And they adapt to it because they're not reliant on getting the ball on the outside because when you have an opponent that knows what they're doing they'll actually kind of block your run and kind of push you off it yep. more than the juniors do and usually if you're young and you have a smaller body you're easy to get pushed off the ball I look Stevens is a talented kid oh yeah and but he'll be another year or so if he was 123k with that sort of job security I'd lock him in yep but the problem is is his price is is you're not going to make enough money of him and it's going to be a massive slow burn in a midfield that you've already got Raul you might have someone like a Tom Green or a Caleb Sarong. Yep. These guys are way too expensive to only average you, say, 50, 60 points. Yeah, they should change his last name to Wick. <laughs> Why is that? He's a slow burn. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you just come up in there? Yeah, I've been back pocket. What were you thinking, John Wick? <laughs> no, I was like, Wick? Like, yeah. What are you talking about, John Wick? Like, yeah. Yeah. Guns, nuts of guns. Um, Chad Water is the other rookie that uh, obviously Failed. we were looking at. He scored Failed. 92 for the day. Failed. Failed. Huge fail. Jeez. Now, moving on. Um, so what do we see from the Giants? An absolute dominating display. Basically, what we found out was they have their a, B team is better than a lot of people's A team. They have so much talent. Uh, I would not be surprised if they actually finished the season top of the ladder. If they don't have any injuries, I can't see how they don't. Yep. But the problem is, like, Tiranto out proves first and foremost... They just don't have injuries. Now, one thing I'll say further to the Tom Green conversation of earlier, Jai Caldwell could be that guy because he's in a contract year and I know that a lot of people are sniffing around Jai Caldwell. They want him to come home. So you play him in a good role to A, give it... Well, not only that, if you play him in a good role, then it's like... They're going to lose him. Well, if you play him in a good role, then it's like, hey, here's a good role. Stay with us. We'll play you in a good role. Or we'll play you in a good role. Look how good this kid is. Pay us extra. And like they need more high picks, but... uh, Yep. I would say because of that, I would be very, very surprised if Caldwell doesn't play at least 12 games this year. Now, it may be injury-related, may not be round one, but Caldwell will play this year. Unfortunately, he's 190K, and his output to me for that is not high enough. I can't see... I mean, what do you get this week? Caldwell, 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 Caldwell. Jai, where are you, where are you Jai? Can you see him? Uh, he, no, that's Jackson Haitley. He played fantastically. Caldwell, 42. 11 disposals, 42 supercoach, 1 goal, 59% time on ground. Yeah, just... And that hurts considering that Caldwell actually did have uh, 16 centre-bounce attendances. He's a talented kid. That's horrible. He's absolutely super talented. 
Um, he will be a yeah, super, a, grade, a grade talent at some point. In super his talented of going not where the ball is. <laughs> well, um, I mean, look, he's still no, this young. Game, this guy, we're good. Um, obviously, so he's sure 101. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if if he's sure he's going to play that many games. And I'll tell you why. Williams obviously didn't play this game because he's still coming back from Achilles tendonitis. Yeah, in doubt, for, uh, right now. in doubt for round one. I think they said he probably won't play. I don't round think one. he'll play round one. Yeah, he'll probably play early in the season, but he won't play round one, which that means hurts. strike through Williams. Off and Taranto out as well. Chris, who is now on your radar? That wasn't quite. Uh, Lachlan Ash is the one. Not the so, one I was thinking of. Uh, so Lachlan Ash is there. Was number four draft pick last year. He played astounding. He got 88 super coach points from 70% time on ground. He's 194k um, defender mid, and I think that he plays round one. Now, will he average enough? He's a, what I noticed from him is he's the type of of halfback flanker or back pocket that he wants the ball, and he's a very very good user. So he would be chipping the ball 20 metres, run, handball, receive, chip the ball 20 metres, run, handball, receive. His ability to spread as an 18-year-old kid is amazing. He's got an AFL-ready body, uh, fantastic decision-making, fantastic skills. I think they do want to play him, and I I think that he probably plays round one. Um, Whether or not we can start him because of his price is another thing. Fair call. But, I mean, for the same price, you're getting Stephen Hill with guaranteed job security. Yeah, fair call. You know, um, when Williams comes back, does he come back and ash straight out? Huge job security issues for me. Yeah, wait and see on that one, definitely. Yep. Um, so who, who do you think I was going to say? Whitfield is now so, uh, is higher in demand in your in your opinion, and I, I already start with Whitfield. So so I flipped my opinion of starting Whitfield from not starting Whitfield to starting Whitfield now. I think that without Williams and without um, Taranto, I think he's going to go big early. Yep. Um, the one caveat to that is he could get locked down. That's fair. Which is great for Josh Kelly. Because that's also another consideration. Yeah. Josh, no Taranto. How much does that impact Josh Kelly? Is that positive or negative? I think positive. We've never, we haven't seen it last year. I had a look at the stats. Unfortunately, Taranto played every game, so that we can't compare stats of when they did or didn't play together. That's fair. But you could also see uh, Cornelio now maybe go less 50-50 and a little bit more inside. This is also true. Um, I definitely watch that. I think it makes Cornelio a little bit more relevant. Just quickly as well, thank you for those. Uh, we've still got definitely uh, quite a lot of uh, viewers online as well tracking us live. This is probably a little bit longer than our usual segment simply because there's a lot to talk about in these games, particularly the preseason watches. So we will try and kind of push through those a little bit. Uh, thank you for those that are still watching at home. And again, normally we this year we'll be having a more concise episode to do a round review and then we'll do another banter one end of the week team reveal asking and answering questions so there'll be two split podcasts about an hour apiece okay because i think we want to be really clean with that today though and probably next month as you are probably looking at a two-hour episode as we go through each team individually because you're going to look at at least 10 minutes per team and then also your q a's and all the rest of it some teams more relevant obviously a little bit more time so look i do think if you're your patience patience and also interaction a lot of the guys on the chat line are actually interacting with each other and helping each other out as well which is also uh, mint and nice to see we love to hear it all right move on um jackson Haley, very very impressive 129 super coach in 76 percent time on ground guys jet i think that he is arguably in that mix as well to start round one uh, job security bad, pricing bad, not good for standard. I don't like. It. I don't mind him on your bench in, in a draft league though. To tell you that, so uh, Jackson Hately one to watch out for. And then of course the guys that um, rookies that aren't really relevant, unfortunately. Um, so Kieran Briggs, even though 
I think that he could be good as a um, F8 slash D8 swing. You're not Briggs on him? Uh, I thought he played better, but I just don't think the role's there. And the reason is, Sam Jacobs came on the radio last week and literally said, um, me and Mummies aren't going to be playing together. It's going to be Mummy or it's going to be Jacobs. They're not going to be playing two. Oh, I thought round. they were both trying to be. No. Nah. Yeah, right. Um, so it's going to be one or the other. At the moment, it's Jacobs. He leads yeah, by Yeah, but they'll probably, they could rest him for a game here or there. Which e- means easily. That if they're going to play both, they're, if, if Mummy's going to play at some point, Jacobs will be dropped for that game and he'll come back the next game or, or something. Some it might sort of be a good way to fresh and keep Jacobs fresh for finals and things. That's also true. Yeah. Um, the, the other consider so what they, the, their plan is, he literally said, and I'll be getting chopped out by Himmelberg or Finlayson. Yep, so, so Finlayson did get some hits as well. Whereas I was hoping that that would open up the door for a Kieran Briggs type who played this role in the game where he played that forward ruck option. He did. He had eight centre-bouts attendances as the ruck and Finlayson had three as the ruck. Yeah, so. but I don't think moving forward that's going to be his plan, even though he scored 49 Supercoach in 62% game time, which would have been a decent rookie option. I don't think we'll see him much this year. No, because the ruckman will probably play more time on ground than Jacobs did and Briggs would not get that chop out. No, exactly right. Okay. Um, another one is Xavier O'Halloran, um, 25 super coach off 62% time on ground. Not ready yet for Xavier, even though I think he's a talent. Um, probably needs to spend a little bit more time in the kneeful. And that wraps up the game. Okay, beautiful. Two games to go. Yes, Frio and Carlton. Um, biggest takeaway from this that I noticed from the get-go was Frio's change of game plan considerably. Yep. Um, it's amazing what happens when the lion is out of your lineup. Oh, yeah, huge. Um, so that is impacting everywhere, all over the ground. And they chipped the ball around like Hawthorne used to do and like Collingwood do and yep. like big, heavy disposal teams, which means heavy super coach reliance this year. So a guy like Luke Ryan is going to be amazing. Yes. So Luke Ryan, 2% owned, is in my side at the moment as my uh, D1. Yes. Funnily enough. Uh, I also think the fact that they did chip it around, they weren't bombing it in, which then meant um, they were definitely more concise with their kicks and trying to chip it around. So, yep. you know, people like Doherty and stuff probably didn't get as much, you know, bombs in, loose ball kind of getting those offloads. Yep. Uh, I think they really minimised the impact from their turnovers, Fremantle. So I think there wasn't the right game for Carlton defenders to flourish, Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I completely agree with you. Um, my one reason why I'm not starting Luke Ryan at the moment is that I think Sicily has a better buy and I can't afford both. Fair. So, and my concern with Ryan, even though I have him, is that Fremantle don't have many tall defenders. They've lost most of their key pillars. Yep. So I'm hoping, like, well, does Logue or someone try and stand up there or are they going to get flogged and Luke Ryan might have to play a little more defensive? You know, or he might be then the only outlet. I think they've got enough in in the in the stocks. That's what I'm hoping. He'll be then the only outlet to get out. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, because no one uses Wilson. Well, Wilson's injured at the moment, anyway, he is. isn't he? Yeah, so, he is. He is. Um, so that's an interesting interesting consideration. What I will say, unfortunately, um, Blake Akers again. He played fantastic with 31 disposals. Terrible disposal efficiency, but he racked up enough to score well. Unfortunately, did a hamstring today. Yes. So we're waiting, uh, on, waiting scans. on scans. Yep. Yeah, but he's definitely going to be out for the start of the season. It could be one week, could be two weeks, could be a month. It could be twelve. Well, if he's done it off the bone, it's yeah. ten to twelve. But and you they, probably know they that. They, they, they haven't even speculated though. No, they they literally have kept it so tight lipped where they're saying, "Well, we're not gonna. Yeah, basically, we can't comment because we'll get a scan and then we'll be able to comment." So here's what I did notice from that uh, that midfield dynamic: 
Um, they Chera and and Brayshaw seem to be doing the lion's share of the bulk work around the midfield. For sure. What we'll see, obviously, was Fife coming back because obviously he didn't do that. Aish had a lot of um, time in the midfield, but he also plugged holes around the ground. What I see with Aish is that he will be on a wing once Fife comes back, uh, replacing Acres now. Correct. I originally thought that he would be replacing um, Bewley and Bewley would be pushed more forward mid, uh, so forward wing. Um, now I think that Bewley will take that wing spot until Acres comes back at least, which may make Bewley a decent position on your field. How much is Bewley though? Uh, 250k. Okay. So he's an expensive rookie. Yep. Um, and he had a fantastic day out. So he scored 93 super coach from 70% time on ground. Yep. Playing in that wing role. And I do think that he is a potential viable solution. I'll be looking for his role in March 2 to confirm it. But think, someone to have a look at. I think what's interesting though is, yeah, Brayshaw definitely 15 cent about attendances. Uh, Aish, obviously not so relevant on that one because we expect that to change. Sarong was the one though, 11. Yep. Sarong had 11. Blakely had 11. And then Chera had eight. So I think it's really interesting. I think Blakely could be getting some of that share as well. Blakely butchered the ball, which is oh. why Supercoach was so low. But role-wise, looking at that, it looks like there could be something there. I don't mind there. him in a draft. There could be something there I for him. I, I just can't pick him in standard. Even if he goes 150 this week, I won't pick him because his body is just so... It's he's Again, he's made of clag. I, I can't trust his body to get through enough of the season that I'm confident that I've made enough. So you want to change his name from Blakely to Flakely? <laughs> I do. Hey. That's a good one. I like it. Definitely okay. Flakely. Flakely. Um, Caleb Sarong was actually quite impressive. Um, unfortunately, very expensive, but he scored 60 super coach in 56% time on ground. Yep. Which uh, what I'm looking for him is 70 plus, And I think I definitely got that. He's 180 or 170,000, um, somewhere in that range as a rookie. Can you start him? If Tom Green doesn't start, I probably will start Caleb Sarong if he plays round one. Yeah, right. Now, the problem is the coaches come... I like Peter Bell, the director of football or CEO or whatever position he is, president, whatever it is, he literally said that Sarong probably won't play round one, and but he will get early opportunity. Look, if he's right, it can't be Sarong. <laughs> It's true. And thank you to the yeah. uh, the Dr. Supercoach Slack boys on that one. I overused the Sarong comments. I reckon I did about five. And they're like, please stop. And I was like, never. No, I will never stop. No, Sarong. No. It's the best one ever. Never give up. Never, never surrender. Never surrender. <laughs> um, that was a Galaxy Quest reference for those playing at home. Sarong. Uh, Hayden Young, um, apparently, though, even though he missed March 1, will be playing March 2 and is a potential Ooh. to line up round 1. Yeah, yeah. Um, so keep an eye on him because he still could be a very important cog in the Supercoach wheel, particularly how Fremantle play with the way they're chipping around all over the place. Well, they like to blood their youth and there's no better youth than Young. That's true. Classic. Uh, Brayshaw, impressive again. 94 Supercoach in 60% time on ground. Yeah, he could go big. Not, not huge. He could definitely go 90, though. Really, oh, oh, I, I think 90, ninety is ninety. I, I think ninety, right? Yeah. I, I definitely think ninety. Is he going to be top six to ten? I think ninety based on his three eighty k. You need to be. It's, uh, yeah, it's too it's, much to be a stepping stone. He could be so he's got to be top ten. I'm not sure and confident that I he? can see that. He's three eighty k. Three eighty k. So what's that? Sixty more than Devon. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, 50-ish. Yeah, yeah, fifty-eight. Yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah. So uh, would you go Devon or Brayshaw then? Well, price, price included. Depends on what you're... If you're looking for a stepping stone, then that then Devin, if I'm looking to toss, coin toss okay. for the top six to ten... Okay, fair call. Definitely Brayshaw, every day of the week. Okay, fair call. 
Uh, all considerations, but what I do see is I do see Fremantle being incredibly SC relevant this year. So make sure you watch. Um, this is if you want to watch one game this week, you definitely want to be watching Fremantle this week. They're going to be incredibly relevant this year. Um, Sam Sturt was one that I was really, really hit, uh, high on um, in the preseason. Unfortunately, he played a role that was not conducive to scoring. Um, he was playing as a lead-up forward target, 39 super coach off 76% time on ground. Don't like it. Don't see him playing that in the, in the regular season. So for me, it's a no-go. Uh, and we did get a little bit of Frederick, um, 11 super coach from 30% time on ground. So again, not enough to be relevant. Hugh Dixon as well, 35, um, yep. super coach off 38% time on ground. So we need to see more of those guys yep. to be able to... Uh, also had a Twitch comment saying, uh, what about Rory Lobb as a ruck POD? Uh, unfortunately, boys, uh, Lobb is a complete toss. Lobb will destroy the super... <laughs> Lobb is a toss? Oh, I, I, I see that one. Yeah. I, I see, see what you did there. Um, so what we did see was obviously Sean Darcy got injured in the game. And yeah. uh, so he was only 42 super coach from 40% time on ground. So I know uh, because Sean Darcy's the number one ruck and Lobb's only playing ruck because he's... Injured. Uh, yeah, hurt himself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so he had 18 hitouts, but I can't imagine him averaging more than 5 to 10 because that's the sort of percentage and split. He's much, He wants to play forward. He's there to play forward. He's not going to be playing much time in the ruck. Complete whitewash. Do not yeah, even look at it's it. more of a next year. If you're interested in him, wait for a year because he'll be a forward ruck eligible. Awesome. And, then, and then he might actually have some legs, which might. The only way I can see it actually being a decent pick is if, of course, Darcy goes down permanently. And then he's the only Ruckman on their list that's that's in there, which I don't think they're going to do anyway, but it's the only way. Even then. And even then, I, I probably wouldn't do it. No, me All right, moving on to Carlton. No. So Sam Walsh looked good, but I don't I don't expect him to be super coach relevant in standard this year. Uh, yeah, I don't see him averaging more than 110, and he's too expensive and not really yeah. worth it. Maybe 105, you'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, no. I, I think he'll be in some teams just because people love Carlton people no like that he's still silky smooth but I, I don't know if he's going to get as much contested numbers as he needs to actually really push that number to the I 110 think he, I think he's he can good. average 100 yeah I 100, 100 I think is good yeah, yeah. draft you, you're not draft. you're not unhappy yeah. because you know what you're getting with him and you get a young guy that looks good right yeah his breakout is going to be third fourth year but um, it might be next year that we see him back in our, in our teams in standard possibly yeah uh, Sam Doherty was the big one, of course, for the day. Um, yeah. Did you watch the game? Did you watch, the, no, watch not, his game? No. Okay. I, so, was, I was definitely keeping up track with a lot of the comments, though, and people were not happy. No, and look, I actually uh, am the complete opposite. I was very boisterous about his score. Uh, so he had 79 DT, which was the second highest for Carlton on the day. So they didn't get much of the, of the ball. And that's, that's highlighted by Fremantle's play. So by the way that they were possessing the ball, kick, chip, kick, chip, kick, chip, Basically, Carlton couldn't get the ball. Now, Carlton aren't the best pressure side in the AFL. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But against that style, he just could not get the ball. Especially in the first half, he was just nowhere to be found. When the ball did come in, it came in to positions that he was either on an opponent and didn't, you know, couldn't sag to get an intercept, etc. Second half, it changed. They started using him to switch the ball, etc. when they, they turned the ball over. Yep. Um, I still think, look, he had 19 possessions, 7 marks, 2 tackles... Unfortunately, he only went by 57% disposal efficiency. Yeah. That is not the Doherty that we know. No, he was rusty, but... Exactly. I, yeah, but it's his first game back in 100%. two years. He is super cheap. And I, 
And more of a fact, I'm, I don't care. He could have had the worst game ever, but the fact that he played... Played 80% time on ground. He played. Yep. That's good enough for me. He, he played, played and he played 80% time on ground. He played and he was still the second best Carlton player on the day behind Sam Walsh. Yeah. You have that. You get him another You get him another Marsh game. I'm definitely watching him this week. Carlton got... him. He's playing. He's playing twice. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't know... Would you pick him if... If he didn't play any Marsh series and he came out there, would you pick him if he was round, name round one? No. Not if he didn't play any Marsh games. Right. So we're getting what we wanted. Yep. Don't judge him on how clean he looks. He's going to be rusty. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. There's, there is a chance that yep. because of his price and where, say, a Dawson, Jordan Dawson is. K. Shep said Carlton were horrible. Fair call. Carlton they were. were. They, were, they, de- were they were deplorable. Yep. Um, and so, and because they couldn't get the ball, they couldn't use. Like I don't know what the I couldn't work out what the Carlton game plan was because <laughs> Fremantle were dominating the ball so much. Like that's that's the serious nature of it. So I know Fremantle aren't like. They're not a great football team. But if you have the ball for 60-65% of the game time, you're not going to be able to allow the opposition to do what they want to do or play the way they want to play. Fair call. I'm just going to quickly go and say this. Um, TL73 says, I would take Peter Wright over two sarongs because two sarongs don't make a right. (laughs) That is good. That is good. uh, That's a great uh, Wycliffe team Two sarongs don't make a right. I love it. They say two sarongs don't make Make a right. Yeah, great song. Great. What a track. Um, moving down, Kate Simpson should retire. I don't know why he's still playing. Um, uh, depth. He he's sixty six percent time on ground. He looked out of it. He depth. got muscled out on through two or three different occasions. Well, he's not a big boy. I just think that he's the game's almost past him. Um, I would be surprised if he played more than fifteen games this year. So do not pick him in draft. For, do not for pick me, him for me, I think he's there for depth and he's there for leadership. I agree. To ch- help try and change that, you know, the new guard, you have a new coach. He, the new coach probably asked him to stay on because they need some leaders to help coach. Yep. Um, it's unfortunately impacted Nick Newman's scoring, so I hope he gets it up. But even Nick Newman only got 60 super coach for the day and 87% time on ground, so that wasn't great. Jack Martin, don't bother with Jack Martin. I think we've all experienced that and we've we've warned people yep. off Jack Martin in the offseason. Uh, it hurts me to say I actually think Aish is a good draft option this year. I also think so. But yeah, just that, because of the way they play. Yeah, and his role is actually... Yeah. Well, he got He's brought, got a much he got, better he role. He got brought over. Much better role. Much better role. Um, definitely a draft option, and particularly 12-man leagues or 12-person leagues or more. Uh, and it pains me to say it because you know I like to hang shit on H. It's true. It's true. Last one that we'll talk about on the card side of things because there really wasn't any relevance worth getting excited about is Tom Williamson. He had 52 super coach, um, unfortunately from 83% time on ground. Yeah, that hurts. Uh, with his elevated price, I would only select him if you're running very, very shallow defense. Yes. Um, and he gets named. Or he shows something better this week. Or... Kate Simpson shouldn't be in that team. So if he if Kate Simpson's not playing round one and Tom Williamson, Nick Newman, and Sam Docky are lining up, then you go yeah maybe yeah, I consider him okay. a little bit further. Fair call. Um, but that's that's that rolled in rolled up. So let's see you get bo- uh, boisterous then about the next game, Chris. Uh, well, Collingwood so absolutely smacked. Well, it's the semi final over again, isn't it? Collingwood smacked Tigers. The twenty eighteen semi final. Um. Yeah, so look, I don't know. Look, like at the end of the day, Richmond weren't playing great. Um, they had six of their stars out. Collingwood had five of their stars out. Who's had the better players out? I mean, I don't know. I, like, coin flip. Both both clubs had heavy amounts of players out. Uh, game style-wise, Collingwood controlled the ball for the majority of the game. Richmond, in their classic Richmond vein, they bounced back and they would kick a goal or, you know, when they weren't winning possession, but you know they just pushed the ball forward and kick a goal. And that's how they actually managed to crawl back a little bit in the end of the second quarter. 
and then the second half was just all Collingwood. Uh, don't know how much you can take away from these games because a lot of players, so many players were out that even the rookies that were playing were probably unlikely to be relevant. What I did like was Jaden Short's 113. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that with Hooley, but what I noticed was Nathan Broad was lining up in the wing, and I could only foresee that that's basically where Hooley's starting. His starting position is the wing, and then he drops back in as the seventh defender. So I think Nathan Brown, Nathan Brawl was the placeholder for that because I looked at his wing placements and went, what the hell is Brawl yeah. doing on the wing so much? That's that's a role change. He's 300k. This could be a really good option. No, I think that he's a placeholder for Hooley and I can't imagine that scoring going up because he actually had uh, 64 supercoach for 74% time on ground. So, um, yeah, I want to see Hooley before I make a call on short. However, draft option, I think he's still going to be a good draft option. Um, and that's about it. Um, Dion Prestia was impressive in his time on ground. 84 super coach for 68% time on ground. Um, and then you've got guys like uh, that, obviously, they're trying to get games into, which didn't really impress. So uh, Riley Collier-Dawkins, unfortunately, got 30 super coach on 55% time on ground. Yeah, also had four center bounce attendances as a ruck. Well, they want to get him in. He just looked a little bit off the pace. Um, no, so you're looking at Callum jo- Coleman Jones. Coleman Jones, sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry, Coleman. Yeah, 13 centre-bats of tennis. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, now, uh, I don't know what their uh, second ruck setup's going to be like this year, but it looks like Ivan Soldo is going to be the nam- number one ruck moving forward. So we'll have to see how that plays out. was good to see Jack Higgins get through 65% time on ground. Excuse me. Um, but he only got 22 super coach. Yep. Um, uh, obviously looked a little bit off the pace. Speaking of uh, short though as well, definitely a draft sleeper. So much so that I actually missed him in my draft calculations. And all these boys are like, oh, Ben, you must be picking this guy. And I was like, oh, I went someone else. And they're like, mate, you just missed the biggest. It was like pick 20, like round 20. You, got, you had him late and I was I was going to pick him up, but I knew. Richmond supporter. Yeah, Richmond supporter got him. But yeah. uh, he is huge for draft, particularly if Hilly does push wing. Short did get a couple kickouts as well. Um, Particularly though, even when if Hooley retires, Short is the man. He is someone that could definitely go top oh, six to ten. If, when if Hooley's not playing goes, in 2021, I think Short is a guaranteed pick. Yeah, it's close. he's got that potential. He's he's the guy they want the ball in his hands. Yep. he will take kickouts. He kicks goals from 65 meters out for no reason because no one marks him up for some stupid. Yeah, so rebound 50s, inside 50s oh, are huge. He yeah. is definitely someone to watch. Um, good for keeper leagues as well. I want to highlight Marley and Pickett. I thought his game was absolutely fantastic, regardless of his score. Yep. So he only got 61 super coach in 79 percent time on ground, which is still great for a rookie, regardless. However, yeah. I still think you got to start him on ground, and this is why. He had, what was his CBAs? 19. 19 CBAs, which was definitely the highest for Richmond, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. And he also had seven clearances. Unfortunately, he also led the game for Clangers. A lot of his um, disposals from the midfield were direct turnovers, which definitely impacted his scoring. If those go to a contest, then he's in the 80 range at that price. Easily 80. Um, Maybe even more. So I would not write off um, Marlene Pickett as a selection. It looks like they're dead set on starting in round one as of March one, but definitely watch him in the second one. Yeah, that's fair. Collingwood, um, Darcy Cameron was probably the big story at the weekend. Um, He played fantastically as that main ruckman um, with Cox chopping him out, but obviously with Grundy coming back and not playing, he's not going to be playing that role. Yes, no, they're actually really impressed with Cameron's ruck work that it's actually... Not putting pressure on Grundy per se, but it really does make it hard now because he's they prefer Cameron rucking than Cox. Yep. But then Cox is still clunking them up forward. So then, how do you actually get that mix right? And That's the challenging well, part. This is the, what we said. We said this in the Collingwood pod. 
is okay. I I think that they they picked Cameron for a need. Now they may have got a little bit more than what they thought because that's yep. what Buckley said in his presser. However, does that mean they go to a three tall setup? I'd, unlikely based on what we just saw. No. However, maybe they come out mass two and trial three tall setup. Yeah. Or maybe they trial Darcy Cameron as that second tall over Mason Cox. Which, yep. Or the other option is maybe one of them gets injured at some point and yeah and yeah touch wood and he becomes hashtag, hashtag and he becomes first. viable. But the good news is that if Grundy does miss, it looks like Cameron would be their number oh, one easily. pick. So therefore, I could see the viable option on handcuffing Grundy with Cameron. The only problem with handcuffing Grundy and Cameron is that they both share the same bye obviously because they play for the same team. So that yeah. you don't get the bye coverage even if he's playing. Who cares during that season? So whereas Cherry, you could if he's not bye. playing, you could use him as a loophole. I wouldn't mind that True. being him being your loophole because that way if Grundy goes down at least you know that Cameron being but fit would likely then, play that role. Then you can't VC um, Grundy. No. Because but you might get another one or you could just captain Grundy like every other but person every other week unless they would play a lot of early yeah. games especially at the start of the season. You'll probably end up with another loophole at some point. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, we always do. Yeah, so I mean it does help during the, during the season. Um, take no note of Jack Crisp's 118 super coach. He literally had, in 63% of game time, he had no one on him. Literally just sat there as a seventh defender. I was like, this, this is classic. Like, Richard don't give a shit. He's sitting there. He's literally sitting there with no one on him the whole game. He's just carving him. I just love your thesis, mate. Straight up, your opening statement is pay no attention to Crisp. Pay no attention to Crisp. Here's why. One, two, and three. And number four is I'm biased and I hate Crisp. <laughs> That's, that. That's pretty well. Who was that um, a Matrix guy, the, the nerd that gets um, that, that dies halfway through the movie? The like, pay, no, pay no attention to these. No? no? Don't worry about it. Okay. If people are home Jeez. playing home, yeah. Anyway. Um, you say pay no and I hear pay no. Yeah. Uh, I did like Chris Main's role. Um, played a little bit more wing, 119 super coach. I don't mind him as someone who may play wing to replace Adam Trelaw um, in the first week. So yeah. if you're looking for just a, a draft smoker, you need to get through your first week. Interesting. Chris Main's not bad. On Main that there, but Brown, Dacos, and Elliott probably did the lion's share of the uh, wing roles on the weekend. Yeah. So I, I look. I'm not. I don't know. Here's the thing with Collingwood this year. Is like I don't. I, I love the team, but. <laughs> <laughs> They've got so much depth all over the park that you just really don't know what's happening. TL73 is on fire. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Um, so, yeah, we did obviously seek... I, th- I was impressed with Callum Brown, 72 from 71% time on ground. Uh, we did get to see a rookie, Mark Keane, 86 points from 86% time on ground. But unfortunately, with Jeremy Howe and Darcy Moore coming back, there's really no chance of Mark Keane playing. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Tyler Brown um, was 65 from 73% time on ground and was serviceable. Um, he wasn't terrible. Um, again, don't know where he, if he lines up round one, but someone to keep an eye on during the season. Nathan Murphy, 58 from 45% time on ground. Again, don't know if he plays at all round one. Jay Rantel as well was quite impressive in this limited time he had. 34% uh, 34 super coach on 24% time on ground. So he played one quarter yep. and got 34 super coach in a testament to the fact that he can really rack up the pill and yep. got nine disposals in that quarter. I think interesting enough as well, Dugowie, um definitely in a slow burn. He had, uh, what do you have, seven set bounce attendances, four of those in the last quarter where he actually did look good in that quarter. Yep. But there was also when sort of Trelaw, I think, kind of went off. Um, yeah, Dugowie, do you see him actually sort of being that person this year or you see him probably a little bit more forward still, impact player up and down? They've said that they want to get him more forward, but the, the amount of times that they get injuries in the midfield, like I can't see it happening because 
they've got so many guys on the on, that aren't playing that, that only play midfield. So you've got Sire and Wills. Wills played pretty well. I think that round one goes in, Rupert Wills plays midfield and tags Bontempelli. I honestly think that that's what happened. So, yeah, therefore, where's the mid-time for, for to go in that round? Yeah. So it may be game-dependent, in which case, if they've got no matchup for a tagger, bang, to go is into the midfield to absolutely smash him because he can tear apart a midfield. But Yep. Yeah. And um, the Dreams thirty nine says it should be Degoti. Degoti, he's a fantastic player. Um, Trent Bianco again. We were looking to see if he would make an impact at senior level um, at being a first year rookie. I was gonna say write that down though about um, if Wills goes in there straight center bounce straight to Bontempelli locks him I, down. I guarantee you, it's him or Sire, and I think that uh, Wills is the more accountable, defensive. accountable role. Yeah. Yep. I think that happens. I, I, I literally, based on the game that Will's played, I thought he was fantastic. He only uh, got 53 super coach um, in 63% time on ground, but his defensive work and his bullocking through the midfield, I think was really, really, really good. I do think that he plays round one and potentially does that. And it will depend very heavily on Sire and whether or not he can come back and play a role. Side note, Mouse from The Matrix, from K-Shep. Mouse, yep. yeah. Mousey, there you go. Someone's on tune. Uh, so Trempianko was uh, 14 super coach from 23% time on ground. So again, he just doesn't have the time uh, at this stage. Uh, as, as we said, uh, he's going to be behind Nathan Murphy. He's going to be behind IQ. He's going to be behind John Noble, who was fairly impressive. Fair call. Um, and John Noble is a fairly cheap defender, but I can't see him averaging that in the regular season. He had 79 from... Uh, about 80% time on ground. So I can't see that happening in the regular season. Yep. All right. So he does. How are we looking? We've got one more game and we're, we're almost through. That can't so be it. Surely. Collingwood Richmond was the last it? game. That's it. I think we. Did we get there? Collingwood Richmond. Oh. That's it. Hey. Hey. Thank you. Oh, thank, sorry, you thank you, Lord Jesus. Um. Okay. So let's go quickly then through the questions that were on Twitter um, let's just have a quick look then so mid price options we've pretty much gone through that we will cover more things in depth next week as well looking at those questions because uh, then at least we'll have more game of more data to go with yep so we'll do the podcast re- yeah, revealing I mean, the, meal, uh, the meal deciding on one yeah, from one game I don't think you should ever do that I mean yes I'm playing around my squads to see what sort of mix I can get but at the end of the day, my decisions will be based on a two-game sample, not a one-game sample. Yep. So pretty much a lot of the questions come down to mid-prices so and mid-price forwards at that, which is hilarious. I think we wait another round for that one. We get a little bit more information yep. on that. Uh, the other pretty much we're talking about structures and plans. I think we probably look at that as well next week. Once we have more information on the rookies, I think we can then go, okay, this is our structure and why. I think that would be a little bit more accurate for everyone there. Um... Yeah, Bond versus Danger, Smith versus Akers versus Brayshaw. Yep, so I think we do a little bit more of those matchups in our line reveals. And also, Chris, we need to talk to our friends at Supercoach Elite and work out our top 10 podcast because that has to happen in the next two weeks. I Yeah, I'll touch base with Corey tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll probably try for next week. I reckon that'll be good. We definitely um, want to do it after JLT, uh, yeah, March, March yeah, exactly. 2. So. Yeah, we, we want to have all the relevant data so that we can make sure that we're accurate when we shred the shit out of them. Okay. <laughs> no, that is a fair call. Um, boys. All right, boys, that's pretty much it for us. So, look, until next time, thank you for those joining in. I should probably check the league code. Uh, I might just throw it out there anyway, just in case it's probably full, but 931401. If you've stayed tuned and there is a spot, then you you deserve it. Absolutely. All right, until next time. Thanks, guys. See Catch you, you later. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, O 
open and never shut And the end is necessary Cause I'm never giving up See they ask me how I did it I just did it from the heart Crushing the competition Been doing it from the start They say that every champion Is all about his principles Carry I 